Welcome back, friends, sadists, to Blood on the Dice, the only actual play D&D podcast where death is punishingly real and the very anxious players are genuinely scared all the time. Somehow we have survived all the way to episode 11, so let's find out if this is where our luck runs out. My name is Brian, I'm the creator and producer of this show, but more importantly, I play Basil Quark, the burnt-out former gifted kid turned undead slaying artificer, low on every conceivable resource, but full of sarcastic spirit. I'm Camille. I play Pebble Soot, uh, who had a brief uh, love affair with fire, but has really kind of reeled that right back in because I my my scorching rays didn't do so hot. So uh, you know, feeling watery as ever. <laughs> my name is Jake Berg. I play Cork Grizzly, the half orc barbarian, little dirty, kind of dumb, but ready to kick ass and sometimes have a tail. I am Joe and I am Borkuro Boldenara, the dragonborn fighter who's ready to vomit some fire all over these vampires. And I am Alex. I am your dungeon master this evening and all the things that haunt the Svalich woods. So where we left off. As you continue to explore the haunted mansion of Argenvostholt, the spirits and forces haunting it continue to play with your senses. From the high tower, you see the promised abbey at Cresc, hugging the snow-dusted hill to the northwest. In the wine cellar, you meet the dusk elf Casimir, who has his own plans to save his race. He says that if you ever help him ascend the dangerous and wintry slopes of Mount Gacchus, he will help you in your stand against Strahd von Zarevich. He does not tell you what he attempts to do or find up the mountain. Leaving the manor, you find that Avistana has left a coffin by the statue, a coffin that is full of bloodthirsty bats, presumably as some sort of warning or message. As you fight off the bats, you are attacked by Isaac Strozny, who has tracked you down with the help of Blinsky's Irina doll, which you left by the side of the old Svalich road. With the help of Irina and Casimir, you manage to subdue Isaac and attempt to interrogate him, only for him to insist that he knows Irina and that she somehow belongs to him. Irina denies any understanding of what he says. As Isaac nears a complete psychotic break, he becomes more and more childlike in his claims, eventually forcing you to abandon him to the mercy of the Svalich woods, bound and unarmed outside Argenvostholt. The perpetually storm-dark skies of Barovia dim further as night approaches, and you resolve to deliver Irina to the village of Kresk. I just want to point out that he is also literally unarmed oh you cut off his monster arm and i if i correct me if i'm wrong but i think cork took it as a souvenir um i took it as a souvenir. oh <laughs> or cork took it okay i can't even imagine how but there's no way that's not going to have a crazy payoff later <laughs> <laughs> yeah what what could go wrong taking a giant cursed severed arm with you considering what happened as a result of Orkoro just deciding he was no longer interested in the doll and leaving it by the side of the road. <laughs> That's not quite what happened, but sure, sure. That's how I remember it. Um, anyway, so a road leads from Argenvostholt west along the mountain ridge, uh, but you have not taken this road. Coming to the manor, you cut through the forest up the mountain from the north. So I'm not sure how it was that you planned to proceed westward, or if you're not done here yet. I mean... I think we're definitely done here. Like, I, yeah. I don't think there's anything left for us to uh, to go here. And I don't think I'd survive it even if there was. So true. Um, so, I mean, I guess the way we came up, like, it wasn't like a clear path. We kind of, like, hiked through the woods. 
Yeah, you just sort of bushwhacked away right up the mountain and got attacked by wolves on the way. Uh-huh. But there is a there is a clear path down, like the way the cart came up. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should go with that and avoid try to avoid as many giant wolf encounters as possible. Because again, I'm dying. Yep, I like that idea. <laughs> Don't be so dramatic. I'm sure you'll be just fine. I mean, that might be true, but I'm going to continue to be dramatic in every turn. So we're heading down the road from Argonville's fault? Mm-hmm. Seems like we are. Follow the spooky dark road. Follow the spooky dark road. Okay, so, yeah, so eventually it dips its way down the mountainside, and it meets up with a larger road that very likely is the, the old Spallage Road. It continues down to the, uh, it looks like you could you could follow it right southeast or or west to the or i'm sorry or left to the northwest we're we're headed to the west right that's where we're trying to go yeah is that the way is that the way we want to go guys makes sense to me yep all right alex is smirking there and i don't like that so as you are sort of heading up northwest through the densest part of the woods you see that again there are other branches off of the spallage woods at one point you see a little footpath leading through the underbrush up to the northeast uh there's another main branch of the road heading to the south are we interested in these at all i don't think we're trying to detour here yeah stay on the path all right like we want to spend as little time in these woods at night as we can i really like the idea that borkoro is like oh look at this little path and brian is like no 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 basil is dying stay focused borkoro Anytime Borkoro tries to like look off to the side, Bowser just like takes his glowing gauntlet, like waves it in his face, like a like a flashlight trying to distract your dog at night. Like, come on, come this way. Let's go. That would totally work. <laughs> Follow the shiny gauntlet. You see a weather-worn signpost next to the road. The three arms of the sign point along the three branches of the road. An arm pointing north reads Kresk. And through the woods, you see an arching stone bridge spanning a river. The arm pointing east reads Velaki, and the road slopes up gradually in that direction. The arm pointing southwest reads the Wizard of Wines. Oh, man. Okay, well. Are we detouring or not? Because that's I think that's our question here. Are we going to complete the mission we once said we were going to complete? I think we are going to complete that mission, but I don't think we're doing it right now. Like, again, because not, not only is Basil falling apart at the seams, but we almost lost Irina last time we tried to drag her into a big fight. And I feel like going to this winery is not going to be the safest course of action. But that's a metagame conversation you're having. In-game, wouldn't your character like a little bit of wine? In-game, still, like, we agreed to escort Irina safely and she almost died. And I, I Basil's confidence in our ability to keep her safe is not super high right now basil with your understanding of distances and times how much longer do we have to get to the abbey from this point like how much of a detour is it for us to come all the way back to this yeah that's a good question alex do you want to role play Basil's sense of direction? <laughs> that, that, that was a real galaxy quest moment right there. Basil's sense of direction would put it at probably two miles as the crow flies. But again, with the meanderings of the woods, it could be anywhere from one to two hours to get to what you believe are, is, is Kresk. Okay. And again, just, just making sure there's no indication of how far away the winery right. is. I mean, you can see on the map in front of you, 
one signpost pointed to Velaki, and you can see how far away that is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that, that was going to be my follow up question. Is like, well, do we have any sense of the line? Because if the winery is significantly closer, then like you know maybe that's a safer place to potentially take a rest. But it's it's through the the trees, so you can't see very far at all. But it's certainly not like right. oh, it's right there. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So two things. One. Basil definitely votes continue on to Kresk. And two, just because I feel like this has been a thing in the past, can I make an investigation check just to see if anyone has fucked with these signs? Like, um, just, like, are, like, do I, am I like reasonably sure that like these are accurate in where they're pointing to? Um, absolutely you can. Um, okay. That is an eight on the die, which means that is a 15 for investigation. Given the way that the, uh, you know, detritus of the wood, dirt, dead leaves and things like that are built up against the sign, it really doesn't look like anybody's messed with it very recently, at least. You know, it's 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 weathered. It's stood there for a good couple of who knows if they even have seasons in Barovia, but for for quite a while. That's good enough for Basil. Look, everyone, I I want to check out this winery. I really do want to do right by those ravens, but. I, I do, honestly, I don't know if I'm going to make it too much further if we don't find a place to rest. And Irina, I don't know how you're feeling, but I, you've been through quite a bit lately yourself. I imagine you would like to get to safety. Irina says, you've already done more than you were initially asked to do. And, and for everything you've done, I, I am deeply appreciative. But the, the closer we get, the more I just feel like there's something for me at Cresc. And if if this is where we part ways, I'm going to make every effort to continue on my own. So she's not trying to blackmail you into to taking her to Cresc. But right. yeah, if you go to the winery, she's not going to come with. Uh, I will I will note that back. Go to Cresc and, and this can be our, our next mission. Although I, I must say that if she feels like something is waiting for her at Cresc, it's probably going to be horrible. Every single thing that is like waiting for her is absolutely horrible. Just saying. I've been talking about Kresk like it's, you know, a safe haven, but I guess we really have no indication that that's true. I, I bet you there's, like, zombie werewolves or something. That would be par for the course here, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, zombie werewolves at Kresk? Is that, is that, is that the plan? <laughs> Let's go. Sounds good to me. Um, quick question. Hopefully, quick answer. Is Vorkoro currently wearing a large glowing helmet on your, your trek through the, the stormy autumn woods? I don't think I tinkered with this helmet. I think we've just been using the radiant gauntlet as like a torch. Or, or oh, uh, okay, or that. I so so Basil is the one glowing, is what you're saying. Yeah, that, yes. If anyone is like coming at specifically the light source, Basil is the light source. Okay. Well, Basil, it was good knowing you. <laughs> um, and just remind you guys that you should all be uh, keeping an eye on the chat. I hate when you do that. I hate when you say that because that means if I don't see something, someone else saw something scary, and it's it's. Even- I'm just typing in my notes app right now, Brian. It's it's almost always Pebble, you know. <laughs> I mean, Camille Camille's our our perceptive player, so yeah, that that okay. that would make sense. But yeah, it's Camille having something scary and me having no knowledge of it is way scarier than me actually getting the message myself. I'm going to send you a note. <laughs> How do you like that? Okay, we need to either we got a role play. If I, if anything, if anyone who may have received a message might might have seen something that needs to be talked about, tell us about the curtain rods. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
So at this point, we're walking down the path towards Cress. Yes. Okay. We're just walking. Um, yes, Pebble, you have pointed that out to us at least once. Now. You know, we're just walking through these woods, and guys, there's there's a there's a mud man. It's not cork this time. Huh? Did you say a moth man? Mud, mud. A man covered in mud. It wouldn't be cool. No one, no one look at it. Just that's true. You don't look, don't all look at once. I mean, I, I would immediately look. Do I see a mud man? I was a three, so no. Yeah, no. Pebbles just just making shit up. I, I do not see any men made of mud. I do a perception. I I'm I'm one with the mud. I'm like already in the mud looking around. <laughs> sniffing peeping i would love to do a perception check to see if i can see a muddy man who tries who's trying to out mud me frankly okay <laughs> i think basil's taking the perspective of like if i if i don't look at the mud man if i don't like see him he doesn't exist uh i rolled a three do i see the mud man no okay okay can I... There's only one person left to look for the mud man. This <laughs> <laughs> is rod all over again. Basil's staring just, he's staring straight ahead and like just trying to like look with his peripherals like, Pebble, where's, where's the mud man? He's behind that tree right to our left. Eye, eyes going wide, trying not to turn his head, but just like looking. Basil also doesn't roll spectacular. Let's, let's, let's hope these are getting bad rolls out of the way and not an indication of how this whole session is going to go. But that is a 12 for my perception. No, you don't see anything. Okay. That's so much scarier. Can I, am I tracking that he's watching us? Is he trying to like, is, is he, he's, I, he's kind of like rustled when I walked by him, but. Yeah, I mean, you you saw him, and then at the moment that he or she realized that they were seen, they kind of ducked behind a tree. Okay. Oh, Pebble, you are saying that they are behind a tree over there? Yep, behind a tree. All right, simple solution. We go over there, look behind the tree, and bum it to the ground. No, let's not do that. Honestly, I'm not even confident in my fire-throwing capabilities anymore. Okay, I don't really want to fuck with whatever's behind the tree. It has an axe. I don't know if I mentioned that. I saw an axe. You you did not mention I'm that. That's sorry. all. Sorry, it's a mud man with an axe. It's certainly worse than a mud man without an axe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm curious. I let's let's keep our heads on a swivel. Let's just keep going. Hopefully, you know, this is a we don't bother him. He doesn't bother we us. Kind of thing. Rarely find something in the woods that's afraid of us you know that hid from us normally we're hiding from it perhaps it is isaac perhaps isaac has uh somehow gotten loose and has followed us did he not have an axe we we, we took his axe right okay so is it hiding poorly behind the tree does it look like very athletic and predatorial or is it like towering it's hard to say because you're not seeing it very well. You saw just you saw it really quickly before it ducks behind the tree, and you're the only one who, in fact, has seen it. Okay, I want to inch closer. Also, oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I'm just saying that you guys have all been standing there talking about it for like five minutes now and it has not yeah, moved. Sure. So. I, I would say let's just keep walking. And if Pebble is going to start walking towards the tree, I'm going to stand in front of her because I don't think you should go over towards where you saw something. I think, I think for once Basil agrees with Vorkoro. You know you say that like once every single session, you know. <laughs> For once, I agree with Borkuro. Borkuro has plenty of awesome ideas. Okay, I, you agree I, with me all the time. I don't. I don't remember any prior instances. I think this is the first reasonable thought you ever had. Okay, <laughs> fine, fine. I won't walk up to the mysterious mud figure behind the tree, but I would like to bring up the rear in our walking formation and walk backwards so I can keep an eye on the tree until we're out of sight of the tree. I want to see if I can catch a glimpse. I'll walk away. That's that's fine with me. I just say, let's not pick any extra fights that we don't need to get into right no, now. No, but if it's going to attack us, I want to be facing the right direction, you know? Totally, totally get that. I believe I shall also walk backwards with the pebble. Okay. I'm walking backwards away from it, keeping my eyes trained to the tree. As you all continue west, you all hear the sound of something running through the underbrush of the trees off away from you into the distance. And soon it's lost in the in the dark and the howling winds of the wood. Okay, there was definitely something there. And it's gone off to warn all the other mud men. Or something, who knows. Okay. <laughs> I, I believe we should move with haste. Maybe we should have attacked it. Yeah. I believe we should move with haste before it decides to come back with its axe. Okay, let's, so we, wait, we heard the noise from in front of us or behind us? It's behind. It's behind us now. Oh, okay. Okay, I see. Okay, well, let's let's move with haste. I think haste is the only option. Yes, for once, I agree with Forkoro. <laughs> you said that twice now. You 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 have agreed with me twice. I, I don't in the span of five minutes. I don't think that's true. That doesn't sound like me. So you're following. Uh, so so you're following the light of Basil's gauntlet. Basil, does that mean that you're out in front? I suppose it does. Oh no. Damn, if you died a, a mud man, that'd be pretty embarrassing. It would be pretty embarrassing. It's the long pauses that you know the DM is most likely writing down ACs and HPs. It's not a, it's not a good feeling of DM silence. Uh, okay, hang on. Nope. I uh, all of a sudden, all right. So we're we're walking and Basil stops short, like just you know, just giving like hand signals, and then when no one listens to that, he goes, "Stop." And with at the edge of the light of my gauntlet, I see a piece of paper caught in some skeletal branches of a dead tree, six feet off the ground. So I slowly gotta creep towards it, being like, "Okay, let's um, watch my back here." And I guess I'm gonna try to creep over and grab the the paper. Okay, you grab the paper and you die. What? No, can you imagine? <laughs> What's this Death Note bullshit? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's a piece of paper that got caught in a draft and stuck in the tree. It looks like it's a. It looks like a child's drawing. Actually, it looks like a child's drawing uh, with charcoal. Burn it. A child's drawing uh, with charcoal of. It's hard to say. It's a child's drawing. Have you seen children's drawings? I mean, it's vaguely person shaped. There are what look like an attempt at some details, but yeah, it's, it's really hard to decode. 
especially yeah, it's charcoal and it's been blowing around in the woods for who knows how long so all right so is, is there any any check that i can make to try to decipher the the hieroglyphics of this child's drawing you you can't make heads or t- i mean you can get that far it's it's clearly it's a child's rendering of a person but it doesn't make much more sense to you than that just looking at it on your own all right so i, I will show it to the rest of the group being being as Volcoro has worked closely with children, uh, I would take a look at it. Is it a person that this child has drawn or something much, 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 much creepier? There's really no way to tell, but the creepy option is usually the safe one. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make much sense to you either. I think the bigger takeaway is... Where did it come from? Exactly. Anybody else want to look at it? I would like to look at it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so you, you take a look. God, this is Helen. This is my imaginary friend, Helen. What are you talking about? I mean, I, this is my picture. I drew this. What? Vercoro, how do you not remember Helen? Can, can I roll memory real quick or uh, knowledge or whatever you'd like me to roll? History? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what she's talking about. I mean, <laughs> you can just jump right in if you want. Okay, I rolled a nine. I I do not know what you're talking about, Pablo. I do not remember you having any, um, what are these, imaginary friends. Uh, I remember the only friends you had were me and fire. Okay, well, you must not have been listening when I was telling you about Helen. No, that's that's not a fair thing to say. I drew this picture. You never talked about that. I drew this picture. This is my picture. Insight on Pebble. Is she all right? I got a 12. She appears to be of sound mind, and she is not lying. Okay, so let's just walk through a sequence of events that we've experienced in the last few hours. We all saw our own graves. Yep. With some cryptic warnings about how we died. Mm -hmm. And how awesome I was. We saw a coffin specifically with Pebble's name on it, full of murder bats. Mm -hmm. And now we have a drawing from Pebble's past. That all of us see, this isn't like when Cork saw his body hanging from those gallows and it was just something fucking with his head that the rest of us couldn't see. This, like, this is real. This, we see this. What if this is real? What if Pebble did draw this in a past life? And what she is remembering is a past life when she did not have the, you know, luck of living with me. I don't think we have past lives in this country. I think as far as we've been able to gather, we're the only ones who don't as the most recent to be trapped here. I am. I think Basil's right. I don't think the paper's real. I want to take the paper and try to chew on it a little bit. I, 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 that's kind of the opposite of what I said. I, I said successfully takes a bite out of Pebble's drawing. It tastes like old dirty paper. It is a good source of fiber if eaten in enough quantities, but other than that, it has no discernible effect on you. I don't know. I might need another bite. But it tasted old. <laughs> it tasted old. Yeah, this tastes old and fibrous. I think she might be telling the truth, but how did it get here? All right, investigation roll. I'm going to do an investigation roll. The okay. tree itself, is there anything about the tree, anything around the tree, stuff like that? Oh, of course, I got a fucking six. Looks like a tree, you know. Yeah, I guess I, I'll, I'll, I'll scan around as well, see if I, there's any other weird time warp implications here. 
Uh, it's not great. Uh, I got a nine, so I can't imagine I find anything. There's no, there's no portals through time in the immediate vicinity. Mm, that would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think um, Pebble, congratulations on recovering a lost piece of your childhood. I say we treat this like we treated the mud man and we continue to get the hell out of here. Can I quickly, before we move on, just try to think of a reason why the woods would have brought this picture to me? Like, is it trying to remind me of something creepy or scare me in some way? Because, I mean, as Pebble, I know that we've seen physical objects that we can all see that have these creepy things that shouldn't exist in this land uh, like our names on a tombstone give me either an insight check or an investigation check either way make it at advantage okay but pick which one i'm gonna do insight okay all right my first roll was a 22 not too shabby second roll 25 damn okay this is for insight Uh uh-huh um, so particularly after what you learned from the knights at Argenvost Holt and the other things you experienced there, Pebble, mm-hmm. you are perhaps coming to the realization that Barovia is not merely a land ruled by Strahd, but everything about it is somehow kind of tied to his will, conscious or unconscious. So so what I'm gathering is that Strahd is... is bringing my memories and name and stuff back to me in ways that are trying to fuck with me specifically. Strahd's Strahd's own psyche in many ways shapes your perception of this environment. Okay. How would Strahd know about my imaginary friend? That's the creepiest thing I've ever heard. Perhaps we should keep walking and get to a safe location before, you know, you're actually attacked by something horrible. I, I, whether this is a real picture or not, I do not believe it came to us by accident, and I do not believe it was a gift. I want to keep it, though. Based on Pebble's thought here, I think it's safe to say that things like this are going to keep happening as long as we are on Strahd's mind. And the more he thinks about us and the more his intent for us to suffer grows the more things like this are going to appear. So far, they haven't seemed to be harmful, per se, but they are, for all intents and purposes of how the physics of this world work, they are real. They're real, and they're very, very creepy. I'm starting to understand why everybody's so sad here. Can we please keep walking now? All right. Over the next half hour, the sunlight properly fades from the sky and it becomes full night as the road branches north and climbs a rocky escarpment, ending at a gatehouse built into a 20-foot high wall of stone reinforced with buttresses every 50 feet or so. The wall encloses a settlement on the side of a snow-dusted mountain spur. Beyond the wall, you see the tops of snow-covered pines and thin white wisps of smoke. The somber toll of a bell comes from the stone abbey that clings to the mountainside, high above the settlement. The steady chime is inviting, a welcome change from the deathly silence and oppressive fog to which you have grown accustomed. It's hard to tell at this distance, but there seems to be a switchbacking road clinging to the cliff that leads up the, from the walled settlement to the abbey. Okay, well, at least there is a road, so that is good. Also, all the 
creepy shit that we just went through it happened before it was even dark out. Wonderful. I mean, you've never known the sky in Barovia not to have at least a layer of storm clouds. So that's 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 fair. Dark of night has become more of a philosophical concept. <laughs> okay, so we're we're at a gatehouse. Well, the gatehouse is it's still a little ways off, but yeah, the, the the village has at least properly come into view, and you see the same abbey that you recognize from the high tower at Argenbostholt. God, we'll take that as a good sign. Let's keep going. Yeah, let's push on. All right, let's get, let's get Irina to safety. The air grows colder as you approach the walled settlement. Two square towers with peaked roofs flank the stone archway into which is set a pair of 12-foot-tall iron-bound wooden doors. Carved into the arch above the door is a name, Kresk. The walls that extend from the gatehouse are 20 feet high. Atop the parapet, you see four figures wearing fur hats and clutching spears. They watch you nervously. Uh, hello. Might we enter into your fine little village, abbey, town, whatever, whatever you call it? The gates of Kresk open only by order from the burgomaster. That's seeming to be a familiar problem whenever, wherever we go. We are expected, though. We are here to deliver um, Irina Poliana. We are sorry, but it is not ours to declare the gates open. Only the burgomaster has such authority. Could you ask the burgomaster, like we're here, you know? The, the burgomaster, as a rule, is prepared to receive petitions from outsiders. However, he is indisposed at the present as he is in... Oh, uh, here he is now. Okay, good timing. Yeah, how convenient for you. From behind the thick wooden door, you hear the muffled back and forth of voices, those of the guards and presumably that of the burgomaster. A small square panel in the door, all but hidden, swings in, revealing a minute window. Beyond is a wide, dark face illuminated by a flickering torchlight. The burgomaster is a short but powerfully built man, the bushy white beard and eyebrows. I am Baron Dmitry Kreskov, burgomaster of the village of Kresk. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. I am Basil Quark. These are my associates, Horkoro Voldenaro, Pebble Soot, and Cork Grizzly. And of course, uh, the uh, woman we are escorting, hopefully to safety behind your walls, Irina Koliana, the daughter of the burgomaster from the village of Barovia. That was a lot of information. But you know what? You, you, you got on us for not introducing ourselves. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. So this time we're like, like, here's who we are. Here's this woman we're escorting. Here's why she's not just a random person. She's important. Please let her in. So in, in response to Basil's introduction, Burgermaster says, although some among you share the countenance of others I've known in this land, I can tell by your manner of dress and speech that you are outlanders. If you come from the west, I suggest you continue along the Svalich roads of Alaki, or if you'd rather head back the way you came and contend with the mists, though you must be of great faith to do so, but these gates will not open. No, we were told to come here. We were told to deliver. I wish you no ill fortune, but it is Crestgate law for the doors to stay closed to strangers. My duty is first to the good people of the village, and I must honor the vows I have made them for their safety. Of course, of course, we understand that. And we have no ill will towards your people. If anything, you know, we would like to help them however we can. We've we've seen a great deal of misfortune and suffering in our time in Barovia. And I like to think we've done a, a level best to alleviate it. But 
Good sir, I, I, I notice you seem to have faced some misfortune of your own. I see it, I see it in your face. <clears throat> are you, are you all right? It is not my ambition to burden you with my misfortunes, but this night my wife and I are tending to the needs of our ailing son. He has been sick for some time and we do not expect him to live but another few days. Well, it just so happens that one among us is quite a talented healer. If you were to let us in, Pebble, I'm sure you could work some literal magic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, but I cannot permit it. I have a greater duty to the others of this village before I selfishly break the rules for my own family. Well, what could we do to verify that we are not hostiles? If it is your will to put your offices at our disposal, there is in fact a complication that strains my wits. My people have been without wine for days, and the next delivery is long overdue. If you secure a wagon load of wine from the vineyard to the south, my duty as the Lord and my honor as a Kreskov will compel me to grant you admittance to the village. Of course. Are you kidding me? Well, who told you guys that you have to debate every little thing for 25 minutes? Uh, all right. I mean, look, we were going there anyways. Um, that is, uh, of course... We will be happy to provide you that service. In fact, we uh, were asked to make a similar checkup for some friends back in Velaki. So is, our plan was to leave Irina here, get her to safety, and then continue on toward the winery anyways. Could we perhaps reach a compromise where she could, you could open the gates specifically to her? I assume you know of her father and could vouch for her alone while we continue on to run this errand for you. I'm sorry, but no such thing can be done. Even, even just, even just among the guards. All right. There, yeah. There's, there's no point here. Okay. I don't think it's happening. I don't. <laughs> I think uh, it was a valiant effort, a Basil. Good, yes, good effort. Well, Irina, would you? What does Irina think? Um, Irina is is kind of having a moment. She's, a, she's, she's a, okay. If that's what we have to do, if that's if we have to go to the winery first, then let's go to the whatever whatever it takes. Let's just do it. Could. At the very least, would you permit us to make camp outside your gate here and let us rest for the night? That side of the gate is of no interest to me. You are more than welcome to make your camp in the shadow of the walls of our village. Take advantage of the guards who stand watch. Hopefully they will help you keep yourself safe this night. Uh, that's all I ask at this point. And I think at that, Basil, just like the totality of his exhaustion and injuries catch up to him and he just slumps down. All right, I will. Uh, I will take first watch. Nobody can see the Abbey. Not nobody. Not know how. Okay. Um. <laughs> it feels like the more reasonable we try to be with anyone we come in contact here, the less reasonable they are. Because they think you're vampires, Brian. Because I, okay, like I'm, I'm saying, take precautions. Like leave her with the guards. Don't let her go any further. Just let her in the walls. Chain her up. I don't care. Just don't. <laughs> send her to this winery where there's clearly something fucking evil waiting for us. They don't know her either, though. That was that was an incorrect assumption. All right, well, I'm I'm just dumb. Um, I'm dumb. Basil's frustrated and Basil's taking his four-hour trance. Please and thank you. Anybody else doing anything? Again, the guard... I mean, to the credit of the people of Kresk, the, they're more than happy to let you stay right there in the shadow of the guard towers, which are going to be watched all night. 
Yeah, I'm gonna. Rest. Yeah, this is this is by far the safest place we've found to rest since leaving Velaki. So that's good with me. I am not. Uh, I am not at ease, but we shall try to rest as much as we can before we go back toward the winery. Yeah. Well, it feels good to be replenished. Yeah, like I, I, this was still the right decision. Like if we went to the winery first. We were going to die. Is this a long rest or a short rest? I imagine this was a long rest. Was I incorrect? Yeah, it's a short rest does nothing for me. Uh, Did you mean to send me something here? You should all have received a Word document. You are welcome to open that at your discretion. I don't like that one bit. Basil comes to from his dream um it kind of looks around in a panic but doesn't say a word and starts to shuffle through the bags trying to find the the tarot deck ah or Cora will wake up screaming straight up and i i probably draw my bow as well like i'm that nervous for Cora, what 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 is happening what's going on i believe i had a nightmare but where did those weird cards go that the uh Vistana woman used on us that's what I'm trying to find now. Do you, Did you have a nightmare too? I, I wouldn't call it a nightmare per se, but it, I can't remember the details all now. It was strange. Oddly comforting. I, uh, maybe I should look for the Taroka cards because my dream was horrifying. I was drowning in a swamp. <laughs> oh, wow. Water. Yeah. Relatively, I honestly had a great dream last night. It was a little freaky, but well, Strahd was there. Strahd was in mine too. He was like taunting me as I drowned. <laughs> what were you doing with Strahd? Well, he was saying that I was a great warrior and a worthy leader of Barovia. I you were you you were drowning in a swamp, you said? Tell me more about that. I believe I filled you in on all the important details. I was drowning in a swamp. <laughs> That's... Oh. And Pebble, what was your... I assume you were similarly afflicted. Yeah, I am kind of backing away from everyone and looking at you all suspiciously. And... Pebble, you, you know me, Pebble. Why would... You do not need to fear me. I don't know if I know anyone anymore. That's just the the vampire talking. Like we have been friends for so long. That's what Strahd would say. That's what he would tell you to say. No, that is what they, that's what a normal person would say. Because we have been friends for so long, as opposed to this man over here who is apparently going to be a great leader of Barovia, or or this asshole who who can't remember anything conveniently. Oh, like you've never forgotten a dream as you woke up. I I, I actually think of dreams though. Don't you? Today's entry, drowned in a swamp. H- hang on, let's let's take a step back here. Vorkor, what was Strahd saying to you? He was just being mean, you know? He was like, you're not as cool as you think you are, and everybody's gonna leave you. You know, stuff like that. You know, the usual, like, bullshit mind game crap. Okay, so he, he was undermining your confidence in yourself and your companions since you guys are going to notice this anyway as we're having this discussion i'm looking through the bags for the taroka cards 
Yeah, as I said, uh, Basil's doing the same thing. Yeah, you have them. Okay. Um, Basil's gonna pull out the cards that he remembers from his dream. One of the few details. Did you see cards as well? Because I also saw cards. I had a feeling we all did. Mine were these two. And he, I pull out the Raven and the Myrmidon. What is a Myrmidon? I think it's a warrior. Like a Greek warrior. Read the Iliad. <laughs> I did! Oh no. Like the, 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 the Myrmidons were um, Achilles people, right? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I, I've got I've got a warrior and a raven on my cards. Okay. I would let you know that mine was the necromancer and the broken one. And cork. Um, something. It was I don't even remember really. I would. Uh, it was the uh, the dark lord and the berserker. What? I mean, uh, Lord Cork honestly has a ring to it. The more that I think about it. What did Strahd say to you? Pebble, I, I think perhaps, Pebble, it is time that we leave these these people behind. I, I have, uh, I no longer have a good feeling about this dirty man and his weird aspirations. Hey, don't call my aspirations weird. But, yeah, it still kind of freaked me out. Okay, so what I was saying before is he's trying to undermine Vorkoro's confidence. He's trying to unreasonably gas Cork up. <laughs> well, he was just saying I'd be, this place is in need of a leader, and I would be a great and terrible leader, and uh, I've never, like, had a position of power like that before. It's honestly pretty intriguing to me. It, it's just, it's a strange thing to be said by the leader of this land. Like, like it has a leader, it's him. Yeah, well... I'd begin the healing of Barovia. Like this is an ambitious side that I didn't know that you had. I'm just discovering it. I I no one's ever offered me a position like this, honestly. And he was saying I'd fulfill my destiny. And uh, everyone here is so like scattered and in fear, and I could really start turning things around. Look, I'm all, I'm all for confidence. Uh, I I don't quite remember all the details of my dream, but he was, uh, Strahd was there for me as well, and he, it seemed like he was trying to make a deal of some kind. I, I, I don't remember exactly what, but it was, he, he did not present himself as an enemy. I do not like that you and Cork keep having these um, nice discussions with Strahd. Meanwhile, I get drowned in a swamp. Oh. There's the jealousy again. Okay, you said keep. It's this. This is one one isolated dream. You are you, Basil and Cork. Are you slightly defending Strahd right now in front of me? No, I'm just saying that he's saying that we've had multiple dealings with Strahd, and I'm saying no. We had one strange dream. Sounds like you're kind of defending him. I am not defending him. I I still very much. I would never defend him. Unless he made me the leader of this place, that would be pretty cool. Oh, Stra okay, you're not, you're really not helping our case here, Cork. Uh, I am loath to believe anything that this man says to us in life or in our dreams. Agreed, absolutely. I think that is a good instinct, and I still would like to kill him. I want to make that clear. But you're becoming less confident by the moment in my eyes. Absolutely. Uh, 
Strahd said that one of us is already a traitor. Of course he did. That's... Oh, man, it's Basil for sure. He's being so sketchy right now. You're the one who's trying to join him. What are you talking about? But, but you know what? At, at, at least Cork is honest about it. <laughs> yeah. At least Cork is like fully forthright and is like, I'm so great. Strad said I was great. Don't you agree? But you're like, I don't remember anything. And you're supposed to have a good memory. You read all those books and you remember all those words in those books. <laughs> He's got an excellent point, I have to say. Remembering directions and words are not the same as remembering a dream. Also, keep in mind, I'm an elf. I don't dream quite the same way you do. I still say you're a lying piece of shit. I'll get on board with that. I want to pull out my the two tarot oh, yeah. cards that I was shown, which are the marionette and the traitor. Did, did the cards tell us anything, or are they just like pictures? Cards are just images. Um, Madam Eva suggested that you could try to use them for yourselves, but yeah, I suppose that on you know outside of just their titles, they don't carry much meaning for you. Uh, Pebble could use them as the uh, material components for the augury cleric spell, mm. should she desire, but that's about it. Well. Perhaps we find someone who is more experienced with Taraka than we are, and they could give us a reading of what these are meant to mean. Right now we are stuck in the woods, and we have to go get wine. I'm not saying this is happening anytime soon, but if we do end up heading back to the castle, then we'll likely have to pass by Eva's encampment again. Sure. But in the meantime, I'm just supposed to trust the two of you. What, what reason do you have not to trust us other than Strahd in your head? For once, I agree with you. <laughs> okay, you know what? Cards on the table, then. Well, you already got them out, so go ahead, put them on the table. Oh, this is a, okay, it's a metaphor. Never mind. Um... I was hesitant to share the contents of my dream because I did not want to alarm anyone, and it seems that I have made things worse. So, in my dream, Strahd appeared as a beggar. He, he was desperate. He was almost childish. And he said that there is a way that our interests do not have to be against each other. He's described an evil that haunts this land that can be overthrown that neither he nor us were able to do alone. He says that if we wish to escape this land with our souls intact, we have to tread carefully and observe his warnings. He told me that you all would not be trusted to understand, but given everything that you've all witnessed, it seems like he's uniquely fucking with us in our own ways. He's telling me that you're all too naive and too dumb to understand. He's playing on my vanity. I'm glad you're smart enough to see that. He is playing on Vorkoro's sense of belonging to the group. He's playing on a similar thing with Pebbles. He knows what you're talking about. Yeah, he really got you guys. Uh, you know what, Cork? Yeah, he got us. Yep. That's, we're going to leave it at that. Oh, I'm going to be such a cool leader of here. I'm, I'm a little nervous on this day. I am pretty sure you would slit our throats for, like, I don't know, a ham hock. 
No way. You guys are going to hang out with me when I'm leader. I don't think we should read any more into this than this is Strahd simply trying to twist the knife and turn us against each other. But I do think that these cards are worth remembering, if only to decipher the message further. I'm also going to say that none of us are well-rested, are we? No, you're good. Oof. Okay, well, uh, well, crisis of loyalty, at least temporarily averted. Basil's kind of kind of look around like we like we cool like everybody everybody good. Shall we go get some wine? It's I think we should. Uh, before we do, Irina, you've been awfully quiet. Did you have a dream? I often dream about Strahd. She she sort of gestures vaguely to her scarfed neck. Understandable. Our dreams were all aligned by these Taraka cards. Did yours feature them? They did not. That's that's really more of a Vistani tradition. I don't know if, if where you all come from, if those are, are very significant, but that's not really something that we do in Barovia Village. I, I'm i sorry. I, I really want to keep moving. I really want to get into this village. Okay. Totally understand that. I, I'm ready to move if everyone else is. Yep. Let's go. All right. It's so going back the way you came. You come again to the little bridge and beyond it, the crossroads. Um, it's fairly easy to identify the, the branch of the road heading south. After half a mile, the road becomes a muddy trail that meanders through the woods, descending gradually until the trees part, revealing a misshrouded meadow. The trail splits. One branch heads west into the valley. The other leads south into dark woods. A wooden signpost at the intersection points west and reads vineyard. I think we have our direction then. Let, let us continue. All right. Is it, it's it's daytime, quote-unquote, now, right? Yes. A light drizzle begins to fall. Unpainted fences blindly follow the trail, which skirts north of a sprawling vineyard before bending south towards a stately building. The fog takes on ghostly forms as it swirls between the neatly tended rows of grapevines. Here and there you see rope-handled half-barrels used for hauling grapes. North of the trail is a large stand of trees. A man wearing a dark cloak and cowl stands at the edge of the trees, beckoning to you. Should we go up to him? Perhaps we could talk to him without going up to him. Hey, how's it going over there? He kind of just keeps waving you over. I don't think we have much of a choice here. We, we totally have a choice. As a matter of fact, I will stay here with my bow and arrow and you go over there. Bye. Okay, as all of you but Vorkora approach... Or I don't know, what's Cork doing? He's approaching. Okay. As four of you, but not Vorkoro, approach, you see that the cloaked figure is an old and wizened man with the bedraggled white beard logged with rainwater. About his waist is a thick and stiff belt from which a silver teapot, a collection of spoons, and a cracked mirror depend from loops of rawhide. He leans heavily on a staff ornately carved with patterns of feathers and crow's heads. As you approach, four more figures, all wearing leather rain cloaks and cowls, emerge from the stand of trees. It looks like a few more figures remain in the shadows therein. So, who are you that would transgress on my once fertile soil? We are outlanders hired by multiple people to check on the status of wine deliveries that have not arrived. Oh, yes. The wine. Yes, of course. The Kreskovs pity us until they need their wine. The Valakovichs sneer at us until they need their wine. The Vistani mock us until they need their wine. 
That very well may be so. We were simply hired to do a job. We have no stake in any personal dealings. Has something, has some ill fortune befallen this place? We live in the shadow of Mount Gacchus, which is overrun with wild mountain folk. They are violent and respect no laws save those handed down by Strahd, whom they worship as a sky and storm god. We have for weeks now been fending off attacks from these wicked mountain folk and darker, more fell creatures as well. Now that the wild men have taken the winery, we had hoped that others might come to our aid. Unfortunately, there seems no one in this valley so concerned. Well, everyone is quite concerned. They just don't have all the details. And everyone. Oh, yes, everyone. Well, Koresk and Velaki both concerned. They. They asked us to come. We are we are the reinforcements you've been waiting for. From Valaki. And Kresk. So this is the measure of Erwin Mardikov's concern. A vague inquiry from wandering fools. Having said this, one of the other uh, cloaked figures leans down and mutters something you don't quite hear to the old man who shouts back, I care not for Erwin's problems. I wish him luck with them, and that is more than sufficient. As little as he might care for the family's property, he might have condescended to take an interest in his brothers and sisters' welfare at least. Your siblings? Erwin's your brother? Erwin is my son, my second son. The one who disappointed me twice now. Well, if that is the case, then I have to assume that Erwin sent us here knowing that we are capable of helping those that he cares about. Erwin has seen firsthand us face down greater odds than mountain men. Well, if that's so, then you're a far more used to us than Erwin has ever been in his life. If you would take it upon yourselves to investigate the winery and try to drive out our enemies, then perhaps once again we might make sure that wine flows through the valley. But we are not prepared to do so on our own. Tell us what we can do. Well, as I have said, mountain folk have have barricaded themselves in and us out. We can't seem to get anywhere near it without putting ourselves at great risk. And you don't have any other entrances in? Any wine cellars that lead out another way that we could perhaps utilize or allow you to enter if we cause a large enough distraction? Um, at this, the, the, old, the old man and, and the others, it's, it's two other much, much younger grown men and an adult woman just all kind of look at each other. And then one of the others says... There are four entrances on the ground floor. As far as we know, they're all barricaded. You might very well be able to get in around the side of the loading dock, which stands open. But these uh, these mountain folk have their own peculiar magics. We're in no position to contend with them. Define peculiar. Strange, unholy monsters. You, you have to understand, and, and, and the gentleman, he, he gestures back further to the other cloaked figures that are still standing aside. We, we, have, we have children. We really hoped that when the wine went undelivered that someone would come sooner, but we're, we just can't get in there on our own. Well, boys, sounds like we have to get into this winery. Sounds like we're killing mountain men. Okay. Bezel like, kind of like flashes the gauntlet being like, Vokoro, get, get over here. Well, I, I, I would obviously approach. What have we learned? Obviously, these older men are not going to kill us. This is Erwin Mardikov's father. These are his siblings. Davian Mardikov. These are my other sons, Adrian and Elver. 
My daughter Stefania, her husband Dag. Their home and their place of business has been overrun by those mud-covered mountain men. Oh, they're just mountain men? Oh my god, I thought they were mud people. Well, apparently they're in league or conjuring some creatures of some sort. It's not going to be quite as simple as muddy men with axes, but we've got to take back this winery if we're to resolve the impasse at Kresk. Is the winery in a swamp? I I don't think so. Well, then I should be fine. (laughs) Is that just the rule now? No swamps? (laughs) Um, That might very well be Vorkuro's rule for a while. (laughs) Okay, because there's that whole Master of the Marsh thing, you know? <laughs> yep, looks like Vorkuro has abandoned that entirely. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Fair. I get Vorkuro wanting to sit out that part. All right, so the loading bay we can get around to. How likely do you think it's that we could approach without being attacked before reaching it? Well... Not to be not to be disrespectful of your of your ambitions here, but uh, you might have noticed we've given up entirely. Can does he think we can get over there without being seen? Like like are we gonna have like fire rain down on us as we try to approach this loading bay, or like are we gonna be able to get over there and get inside? Perhaps we should rain fire down on them. I think it would be best if we did not burn down this winery, as they do need it back once the mountain men are gone. For once, I agree with you. I don't, I don't, this was my thing, and you're making it your thing, and I don't appreciate it. I don't know what you're talking about. I really don't like you. <laughs> so, Alex, is there, is, what was the answer to the question? Like, is there, like, is there a, a safe approach to this loading bay? There's always a, there's always a sneaky approach, um, but is that our best approach? The problem is, is that we, we have not been able to get close enough to ascertain for ourselves, but if you make it, up to the winery and you're unable to get inside, you might be in trouble. Some of the, the fell beasts that prowl the surrounding vineyard. Could you describe these creatures that you've seen? These fell beasts? Again, they all sort of look at each other. It's as if the old dead plants and trees of the woods started walking about on their own. Again, they seem commanded by the, by the dark magics of the mountain. Uh, that's certainly not comforting, but it's Again, less than we've had to deal with in the past. I'll take wandering plants and trees over undead, undying nights. Plants and trees can burn. Yeah, and Vorkoro, again, no burning of the winery, but feel free to burn the monsters. Perhaps we need to have a distraction. Perhaps me burning some monsters is a good distraction and would allow some other people to sneak up there and get inside. Are you suggesting that you stay outside with the monsters while the rest of us go in? I'm a ranged warrior. You know, uh, I might not be very helpful inside, but on the outside, I can cause a distraction from 150 feet away. Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's true. I feel like there's probably a lot of wide open spaces within the winery, but I also feel like if we need to rid this winery of mountain men, then we need to get rid of them all anyway. So is there a point in doing a whole sneaky entrance if they all have to die or be expelled regardless? I would like to not fight them all at once. Oh, yeah. Davian, could we enlist your help 
perhaps to just set a fire a ways away, away from where we're going to head in. Wait a minute. He gets to set the fire? Bear with me here. Just like simply light the fire, retreat to a safe distance. Hopefully that will draw some of them while we can have an easier path inside. I don't wish to put you in any more danger than necessary, but it, it may be difficult for us to retake the winery if we have to fight a war of attrition on the way in. Do we want to ask if they would maybe, say, hang out with Oriana while we do this? I don't think she should go in with us. I think that that is unnecessarily difficult. I mean, if she wants to come, then she can come, but... Yeah, I guess I I, I would leave it up to yeah. her, but that's... Yeah, it's probably a good call to say that, you know, maybe sit this one out. All right. Um, as for your request, they, uh, again, Davian's two other sons who are there step up and, and saying to saying to you as much as, as to him, you know, father, you know, we could uh, lend them some help in, in, in the form of a, of a diversion, a distraction. I think there's something we could do. Davian just kind of, oh, humbugs that, but he doesn't outright forbid them. All right. Does anyone have any objections or addendums to the plan? I like it. Sounds good to me. All right, let us go. Before we before we walk in, I want to cast a second level aid on you guys. Uh, sorry, actually third level aid, which gives all three of you 10 temporary HP. Oh, thank you, Pebble. Love that. And you are you are requesting that Irina stay behind with the Mardikos? I mean, she she has her own autonomy. If she really wants, if she wants to come with us, she can. But I mean, if I can just be a little bit meta about this for a moment, you guys are the players. I'm facilitating. I'm gonna ask you to make that choice. I'm cool with it either way. Okay. I would like her to stay behind. Yeah, yeah, she should stay out then. <laughs> she she does not disagree. Um, since you've you've uh, walked a good ways away from Kresk, she seems a little bit less anxious. Interesting. Basil like kind of looks at her. It's like she's she's weird about Kresk. We're, we're all seeing that. That's not just me. She's. I mean, I think we're all kind of weird about Kresk at this point. All right, hands in team on three. One, two, three, team. Team. That says that's as much of a group mentality as, as Basil is, is capable of. <laughs> he doesn't even <laughs> wait for us to put our hands, and he just says one, two, three, team all by himself. <laughs> Yep, he's already, by the time anyone's like hands are in, he's already turned and started walking away. <laughs> Basil spells team T-I-E-M. There is an I in team. So, situated in the midst of the vineyard, the winery is an old two-story stone building with multiple entrances. Thick ivy covers every wall and iron fencing along its roofline. The trail ends at an open loading dock on the ground floor. A wooden stable of more recent construction is attached to the east side of the winery, next to a loading dock. West of the winery is a crumbling well and a wooden outhouse. You hear the rustle of dead vines all around you. Inhuman shapes emerge from the vineyard, their limbs cracking as they trudge forth through the mist and rain. Oh, a bitch. Porcoro, you, your first five of these thorn creatures are moving towards you. And are they are they between us and the dock? No, actually, you're there. The loading dock is right here. Oh, so we could we could get inside. You can try. Sure, running to the door might be better than staying and fighting these five things. Yeah, especially if there's more on the way. I'm gonna bolt for the door. Um, here, all right. Uh, I'm gonna bolt to the door and try to bolt inside. I'm guessing it's locked or something. Parked in the loading dock is a wagon with three barrels set in braces on the bed. 
A raised wooden walkway runs along the west, south, and east walls. Through a hole in the ceiling, you see a wooden arm of a loading crane with ropes and hooks dangling from it. So you can see in the southwest corner of the room, there are two doors. One of them is hanging open. Uh, but there's no people in the room. No, the room appears to be empty. All right. Noting the wagon of wine, I would start making my way towards that open door as far as I can. Okay. I mean, I can essentially get to the open door, but I can't get through it. So he is doing that. One of the thorn monsters approaches. Who's the heart? That's Basil. And with a long hand-like branch, really more than a branch-like hand, he rolls to swipe at you with a critical hit. Please no. First fucking hit? First hit? Sorry? Uh, my, my, my question was, please don't. Well, sucks to be you. <laughs> Eight piercing damage. Oh, uh, thank you, Pebble, for those temporary hit points. Yeah, I'm already making use of them, I see. Then it is your turn. Okay. Um, I guess I'm going to fire up the Thunder Gauntlets and take some swipes at it. Uh, that is uh, 13 to hit. 13 hits. Okay, love that. Uh, seven Thunder damage. Seven thunder damage. Okay, that yeah, that took a chunk out of him. All right, cool. Well, let's let's do that again. Uh, that's a twenty-six to hit. That definitely hits. And that is nine more thunder damage. Okay, yeah, you've reduced him to just a pile of kindling. Okay, not not too yeah. So Basil like gets is kind of looking at the gate, gets swiped but he's not paying attention, whips around, punch, punch, and kind of just motions for everyone to sprint inside and he follows after Vorkoro. Okay, will that provoke an attack of opportunity? Isn't it dead? Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you win. Um, I can, and I can get all the way inside. Okay, who's the question mark? That's Cork. So as the thorn monster approaches you, it doesn't, having seen what happened to its buddy, I guess, he doesn't want to get right up next to you. But he gets close enough that he can almost, it's almost like he's tossing these thorns at you, just sort of shooting these needles. Uh, 15 doesn't hit, though, does it? No, it does not. Okay, you got lucky. Uh, your turn. Wait, let's do it. Let's rage uh, with a tail on, and I'm going to attack with my grid axe. The same monster tried to hit me. Ooh, nice. That's a 24 to hit for 10 damage. 10 damage. Okay, he's in bad shape. Oh, nice. And then, so I'll do my second attack to hopefully worsen his shape. Uh, 19 to hit. 19 hits. Yeah, let's go. Come on. Ooh, 18 dam. Uh, yeah, 18 damage. Okay, that takes him out. Nice. Ha ha ha. That's my turn. Yeah, number three is going to try to shoot some thorns at you. Ooh, and I believe that one is going to hit a 21. 21 does hit. Because you get a face full of thorns for... For nine piercing damage. Okay, so I'm gonna use my reaction to roll a D8 and see if I can wait. So what was the uh what did he roll to hit? Uh 21. Okay, so my AC I can roll a D8 and my AC is 16. So if I roll a five or higher, I should be able to, or maybe a six or higher. Let me roll that D8 though. Okay, that's five. So my new AC is 21, but that means it still hits so unfortunate i take how much damage so that was nine piercing damage pebble 
Yep. Luckily for you, that uh, claw is not able to penetrate your armor. Awesome. Number five is gonna gonna move around to again try to shoot some needles at you. Dang, and that's also a miss. Then it is your turn. Okay, I am going to produce flame at the range spell attack, so I will throw it at number five. Okay. I am going to make my range spell attack, which will be an eight to hit. That's a miss, I'm sorry. Umberly has failed me once again. Uh, or or have you failed Umberly by trying to use fire spells? I failed, no, I, Umberly has not failed me. I have failed her because I tried to use, I can't believe I said that. That's horrible. I tried to use fire and it didn't work. And now Umberly's even more mad at me because I just said that and that was so stupid. Okay, I'm just going to try to run inside and I'll take the attack of opportunity from four. Okay. Dang, I think that's a miss, though. Yeah, you lucked out. Nice. Umbrella, thanks. Thanks, lady. And then we are back to Vorkoro. Seeing that Pebble and Cork are not making it inside as quickly as I'd like them to, I would actually, before I go through that door... Oh, I I, I meant to move at the end of my turn. Oops. Well, you didn't move. Okay, fair enough. Cork's, again, delusions of grandeur. He's, he's feeling himself <laughs> as the future Lord of Barovia, bringing these monsters to his heel. Anyway, uh, I would not go through that door, and I would turn, and I would let loose some arrows. I'm thinking uh, on number three. Uh, okay. First attack is a 19, and the damage is 18. 18, okay, yeah, you just split him right in two. Cool, uh, and then I'm going to have my second attack be on number four, then. That will be, uh, that's only going to be 14. Hit. That hits. Oh, okay. I'm doing damage. And that is five. Not as good. No, there is an arrow sticking out of him. Through the mist, you see more of these creatures move into view. Or perhaps you should hurry up. Yeah. Then number one has reached Cork again and can make another claw attack. Dang, oh my god, am I rolling atrociously today? You guys are going to look out just on bad rolls. I don't actually think they're that dangerous. Bad <laughs> It's not a whole lot Basil can do. He doesn't have a lot of range, so I don't really think there's... Oh, you know what? I have a, I have a light crossbow that I never use. Um, so I think I'm going to step out, take a shot at whichever one is closest to Cork, and see if I can hit him with a couple crossbow shots. Uh, that's a dirty 20 to hit. That hits. Um, let me just double check the damage on that. 10 piercing damage. Okay, he's in rough shape. Uh, let's see if we can put him in rougher shape. Uh, 17 to hit. Six more piercing damage. Dang, okay, yeah, he's he's busted. Uh, Basil kind of like side-eyes Vorkoro to make sure that he saw him being a good archer, but doesn't say anything. Well, that, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, and then I, he'll step back inside. Step back inside. Okay, we're going to have to talk about what's going on in there briefly. <laughs> Just so you know what you see on the other side of that door is a little corridor leading into a tower. And then another open double doorway. But we'll catch up with that in a moment. Number two is, again, going to try to thorn attack Cork. Actually, no, you know what? Number two is going to go for it. These things are yeah, sort of creepy Oh my god, mindless vegetable automatons. 
No, again, damn it, another 15. Okay. <laughs> this is only fueling Court's ego. Am I a god? Oh my god. <laughs> and then it is Court's turn. Uh, I casually stroll uh, to meet up with everyone else. Do I take... Okay. And I use the disengage action. Okay. Three is going to move over to get you into range to try to shoot some needles at you. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Um, who's number four? Yeah, four is going to move up to do the same. Five is going to move up to do the same. <laughs> I just cannot roll high enough with these guys. I mean, even if they do hit us, oh. I don't... I don't think we're too concerned. Like the guy crit on me and did eight damage. Yeah, well, this one also just crit on Cork. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, what do you roll? Oh, I guess you rolled a natural twenty. Okay. That's. Uh... <laughs> but if I. <laughs> so that's nineteen piercing damage. Okay. It's oh. resistance to piercing damage. Okay. Okay. Now they've been emboldened. Holy that is another critical hit. On who? Uh-huh. Oh, that's me. <laughs> okay. I think Alex took us whomping Isaac last session personally. Or maybe he took you saying they they rolled a crit and only did eight damage personally. <laughs> no, no I, I, I refuse to accept any blame. 11 piercing damage to Pebble. Okay, ouch. Oh, actually, I keep forgetting. I'm going to warding flare him. Um, okay, can you do it at that distance? Um, oh, is he more than 30 feet away? No, no, yeah, he's definitely, he definitely is. I was just, I honestly don't know the spell. Yeah, no, you're right, it does have a distance, but um, if I'm attacked by a creature that can be blinded within 30 feet that I can see, I can use my reaction to impose disadvantage on the attack roll. So as long as he can be blinded. Okay, so you, um, you cast your warding flare and only then you realize that it doesn't seem to have eyes. It just has some knot holes where eyes might be. Oh, dang. Okay. That's also, you're going to be mad. That's also when seven hits you for 16 piercing damage. Ooh. Okay. Well, I'm starting to think that uh, I was just lucky with some some low rolls when I got hit. God, I'm I'm not looking too It's It's possible that I spoke too soon. (laughs) And it is then Pebble's turn. Okay. I'm bringing out the big guns. Um, because we just need to get inside to meet whatever horrors are on the other side of this door. Um, and so I am going to, why can't I find it? Do channel divinity and, okay, who's, is everybody within 30 feet of me? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. I, I, would you say everyone except for number three? Yeah, I'll I'll give you that. Okay. So I'm going to channel divinity and, uh, Every hostile creature within 30 feet needs to make a constitution saving throw of DC 16. Um, And if they lose, they'll take 2d10 plus 6 radiant damage. And if they pass, then they'll take half. Okay, so just a second. So we're saying everyone but three? Everyone but three. Constitution save? Constitution save. One fails. Two fails. Three, uh, four fails. Five fails. Six fails. Oh, yeah. Seven fails. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Yeah, they all fail. Awesome. <laughs> Woo! Hell, yeah, Pebble. And I just, I scream umberly as the radiance, which I'm saying right now looks like a 
lightning just rolled through like a thunderstorm. And they're all going to take a <laughs> whopping 10 damage. 10 damage. That was really bad rolls. Four's busted. All right. Hey. Oh, Umberly is mad at me and I don't blame her. It takes 10. All right. So. And oh, and I'd like to move a little closer to the door if possible. Okay. You guys ready for things to get fun? Oh, God. Oh, son of a gun. Okay. Uh, Basil. You suddenly become aware that that doorway, that open doorway right in front of you, someone is standing there. You look through those doors to see a hunched and wild looking figure wearing a gown made of animal skins and a headdress with goat horns. Shut the door. The other door next to Vorkoro, or nearer to Vorkoro, bursts open and skittering creatures made of twigs begin pouring out of the open doorway. Shit. Well. It looks like Brian just got cut off. Borcoro, it is your turn. Uh, cool. Looks like there's a bunch of skittering creatures by me right now. I think it's time to use my action surge. All right. So first, I'm going to attack with my breath weapon and try to hit all four of these skittering creatures to see if I can't do some quick damage. Okay. That's a 13... 13 dex save for them. 13 dex save for them. Number one fails. Number two passes. Number three passes. Number four fails. So one and four fail, two and three pass. Uh, full damage is 11. So half would be five. All right. So one and four have been taken out. Okay, with that, I will now be unleashing my bow on number three. All right. That's going to be a 18 to hit. 18 hits. Five damage. Five damage, okay. And then I'm attacking number three again, if they're still standing. Oh, yeah. And that's going to be 15 to hit. That's going to hit? Nine damage. Okay, and that's lights out for him. Cool. So I just unleashed a rain of fire and then real quick double taps. At the very least, I can now get to where Pebble and um, Basil are. Cork, perhaps you would like to take out this uh, second spiny thing over here. I would love to. Yeah, is it my... Well, I think it's it's uh, Basil's turn, if anything. No, well, first, one of the one of the needle creatures is going to move up to try to shoot thorns at Cork again. Mm. Miss. Does, well, does a 19 hit? Um, not if I use my reaction. Let's see. Come on. Yeah. No, 19 does not hit. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. We love our dirty, beefy salamander, man. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. More of the little smaller twig monsters keep running on out of here. There's just, just more things. Where are they running from? From that, that doorway. From the doorway that I'm standing in? There's one right next to you. It's, it's drawn uh, closed, but just it opened. Trust me. Okay. But th they were able to open the door, so it's not as simple as just shutting it, right? Yes. Okay. Great. Because number one is right there. It's going to take a swipe at Borkoro and misses um, Basil. So I'm standing next to this mountain man with the antler headdress. Mm-hmm. Guess I'm going to attack him. Okay, it's her, actually. Oh, her. Okay, well, you know what? That's that's on me. That's on me for assuming. So I think Basil just like is backing up, like is firing off this bow, um, and just kind of looks over and locks eyes, 
Hey. Quick awkward wave. Punch. Uh, and that's a 27 to hit. That hits. Love that for seven thunder damage. Seven thunder damage. Second attack is not great. That's a 10. That's going to miss. I had a feeling. Um, don't think there's really any bonus actions worth using right now, so I think I'm staying put. Okay. Needle two. Going to move up and actually try to shoot some, some needles at Vercoro. Okay, does a 19 hit? Yes, it does. Okay, so you, you get a face full of thorns for nine piercing damage. Thank you for the temporary hit points. <laughs> and I swear to God, if we get killed by needle blights... It doesn't look like we are. Work you're up. They could play a large hand in our demise, though. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just keep going. You said Cork is up? Yeah, it's Cork's turn. Oh, amazing. Okay, so I'm going to kill the guy, the other guy by the doorway. Okay. Um, and I'm going to attack with my Grit Axe. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. 24 to hit for 17 slashing damage. 17. Okay, well, he's still dead. So you got that going for you. Yeah, for, for, the, for those listening at home, we're, we're trying our best to keep this as auditory as possible. <laughs> but there are like 15 things surrounding us here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need you guys to help me out. I This is one of the most complex battles I've ever run in my life. Let's do it. I just hate to hear that. Yeah, well, not to try to give anything away, but... Okay, green three is going to move up. So here comes some more needles at cork. That's a whiff. Woo. Wait, I still have my other attack. Oh, oh God, I'm so sorry. Okay. We can keep the whiff, though. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep the whiff. <laughs> that's my fault. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go to... I'm going to walk up to five... So I'm going to move down a tiny bit and attack with my Grid Axe. Okay, that's a 20 to hit. Yep. Ayo. For uh, 13 damage. 13. Yeah, these these are like literally just walking twigs. You, you split that for right now. <laughs> okay. Was that it? Yes, that was my turn. Okay. Because, though, you moved into, into range to do that, that means that little twiggy blue number two who's up next, he can jump at you. Yeah. He attempts to do, and that is a uh, 22 to hit. Oh, that hits me. Okay, so that's going to get you four. This is going to blow your mind. Three piercing damage. <laughs> I don't know how I'll recover from this. Is that already halved? You remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a half so to one? one. <laughs> you remember in high school geology where they're trying to impress upon you how long it takes for the waves to wear away stone? <laughs> <laughs> Just keep that in mind while this battle is raging. I might be invincible. So, or, or for twigs to wear away the future king of Barovia. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like all of these things are coming true in our dreams. Cork is doing amazing. My godly powers are ultimately ineffectual. <laughs> it's... Oh. Wait, does does that mean you're all going to leave me? Oh, you're drowning in a swamp. Pebble, a 15 doesn't hit, right? Correct. Okay, you got lucky. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's even luck at this point. <laughs> I, I'm less concerned that these guys aren't doing that much damage and more concerned that there doesn't seem to be an end of them. Yeah. Cork, does a 21 hit? Um, I'm going to use my reaction. How many of these you have? Well, none, no one's hitting me, and I can only use it when people hit me. Oh, but it's no, there's no limit to how many times you can react? I mean, I could do it once within my turn cycle. Oh, cool. But I just... So, you um, so a 21 to hit, you said? Yes. Let's see if I roll a 6 or higher. 
Oh, that's a seven. That you miss it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Next five dead. I'm I'm very concerned that this mountain woman hasn't done anything yet. Pebble, you are up. And can can I really quickly ask again where the the mountain woman is? Is it on the other side of the door yes. here or in the tower part? Okay, on the other side of the door. Okay, so I can't even get over there. So that uh, makes my choice easy. Okay. Well, yeah. Since these guys are still at large, I'm just gonna go for them. Could I hit four, three, and two um, with what are they again? They're so big can... monsters. Twig, okay, you I want to hit monsters, and you got thorn monsters. Okay, I want to hit the three twig monsters that are right in front of me. If I can, can I hit the three of them with a fifteen-foot cone that does not hit either of my allies that are there, Cork for Coro? Um, if I like angle it to the side, I'm doing burning hands. Yeah, sure. Okay. So they the those three in front of me need to do a dexterity saving Actually, throw. You, what I'd like to do is saving throw based. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna need Cork to make that saving throw too, but at advantage. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's a dex save. Yeah, dex save uh, of fourteen. Okay. First one's in that one, and next one is fourteen, which goes to sixteen. Nice. Four and two pass through, or I'm sorry, four and two fail, three passes. 13 damage for those who failed and 6 damage for the guy who passed. Okay, the other two totally eat it. Nice. Got, got to imagine that twigs don't like fire. Yeah. In response to your attack, Basil, the, the mountain woman with the goat horns standing in front of you mutters some, some sort of guttural magical spell and you see her skin begin to ripple and undulate until it re-hardens with a thick bark-like texture. Oh god. Gross. Okay. More thorny plant monsters begin to approach as another person wearing a full rack of antlers begins chanting a spell in his own gravelly voice along with 13. Oh my god. 13? We need people who can do a spray damage. I kind of can. Oh my god. <laughs> So, uh, C Camille, mm -hmm. not not to tell you how to play your character or anything, but you need help. No, uh, y you do have an area of effect spell. What besides the um, channel divinity? Rhymes with dire doll. Oh yeah, I know, but I didn't want to use it so early in this siege. <laughs> you have that ring that gives you an extra third level spell. That's so true. I forgot about that. Okay, that, okay. Yeah. I'm just, right I'm just saying, we are getting overrun here. Yeah, you're right. Rokoro, you're up. Okay. God, there's just a never-ending supply. Just wanted to get inside. Uh, number seven. I'm going to attack number seven. That is 17. Eight damage. That's 20 to hit, and the damage is 19. I apologize if I wasn't clear. I was taking out both blue seven and blue two. Okay. Cool. Now that I have made a clear space, I'm going to run up and join Pebble so that maybe we can all get inside and shut these fucking doors. Yeah, do we think if we shut the door, they'll stop? I mean, it would be a physical barrier. Yeah. 
that was my goal in the first place. I mean, that, that'll stop the things, hopefully, outside, but there are... The twig monsters are coming from inside where this antlered woman is. Um, Basil, you are up. Cool. I guess I'm gonna just keep trying to hack away at this woman and keep her attention while everyone else tries to make it inside. Uh, so that's a 22 to hit? Yeah, that, that hits. Cool. Uh, 8 thunder damage. Uh, second attack's a 24 to hit. 5 thunder damage. 5 thunder damage. Okay, she's looking in really bad shape. Oh, cool. Alright. That's less health points than I was anticipating. Great. Good news. Well, she made her, her um, save, though, and her bark skin spell is still in effect. Cork does an 18 hit. It does. So then you take a face full of, ooh, 13 piercing damage. Okay, have to uh, six. And then it is your turn. Amazing. So I guess we're trying to shut these doors, so I'm going to... Um, I'm like surrounded by... Would I get an attack of opportunity from everyone here if I don't disengage? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I guess I'll disengage and join everyone and slam the door behind me. Okay. How do you feel about that? Me? Who are you yeah, give it a shot. Let's see what happens. <laughs> oh, I just... Oh, this just means I wasted a turn if I even if they just break the uh, door. May, we don't know what's going to happen. Okay, I slam the door. We're safe now. Where are you now? I'm like... Are you past Basil? Yeah, I guess. Is Borkoro inside? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not room for you guys all to be there. You can't end your turn sharing a square. Yeah. Gotcha. Wait, well, isn't this like a spiral staircase where we can kind of be on different levels? Yeah, you just you'd have to, everyone would just have to run past us. Okay, well I can crawl on walls, so I'm gonna wall crawl to the very end. So sure you can crawl on walls. Okay, so you're closing the door. Yeah. Do it. I mean, these things have already shown that they can open doors, so. Oh. Oh, they're not velociraptors. <laughs> <laughs> Lock the door. I mean, everyone else is here. I don't want to be the only one out there. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, I'm hoping that now that I'm in here, we could all gang up on this fucking tree oh, We just take him one by one. <laughs> we have to, kind of, because uh, we're in a sort of a bottleneck situation. That's good, though. It's like a little factory. <laughs> well, and she's, if she's the maze, then it might give us an upper hand. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Oh, animating all the twigs? Well, there's at least one other yeah. antlered person outside, so... Yeah, something is a is a foot. End of session. <laughs> okay, taking a swipe at Pebble. Does a nineteen hit? Yes, it does. You are hit for three piercing damage from one of the twigs. Okay. It's like it's like twenty monsters on the field right now. Wait, so they opened the door? Seems like it. They're working on it. Wait, how did they hit me? Oh, the twig blades hit you. She she's inside. I, I yeah, I thought I was in the square inside. If the door is is closed, no one's telling me you're closing doors. I made a whole <laughs> door closing stint. Well, they opened it. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh. Yeah. That's like like we said. Oh, yeah. We we thought they could open doors. Why was that even a conversation? You're at least going to attempt to mob it. Um. 
Okay, well, I know what I'm doing next. Well, the... Am I taking any more damage? Am I up? Yeah, you're up. All right, here I go. I'm going to place... They really nicely set themselves up for, for a nice little fireball. Like lambs to the slaughter. Yeah, so I'm going to place it right in the middle of this thing. You realize uh, there's like a story above, right? There's a story above. Oh, so if I make an explosion, I'm going to cause serious damage. There's also a wagon with three casks of highly flammable wine. So there's all kinds of fun shit that could happen. Oh, fuck. You say that like it's a bad thing. Okay, Blow this well, place to the ground. Let me... Okay, I'm gonna do something different. It's gonna be same, same, but different vibes. Okay, <laughs> so I am instead going to put a flaming, oh gosh, I'm putting my, I'm gonna put a flaming sphere right in front of me in that space. So a five foot diameter sphere of fire appears in an unoccupied space of your choice within range and lasts for the duration. Um, it's a concentration spell. Any creature that ends its turn within five feet of the sphere must take a dexterity saving throw, and they take two d six fire damage on a failed save. Oh, that's a that's a great spell for here. Okay. Yeah, just block that doorway. And as a bonus action, I can move the sphere up to thirty feet. Can I do my bonus action first to like slam the sphere into someone not close to me, and then move it to uh, right where? Oh, it's an unoccupied space. Okay, yeah. So I want to ram it and then put it in an unoccupied space. Okay. So it's a dexterity saving throw. Uh, the save is 16. So is there anybody looking particularly bad in the in the mob in it's, this little It's module? really It's really hard to say because everything okay. made out of dead. Cool. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it at, uh, okay, green one. I'm going to... Ram that sphere into him. Dexterity save sixteen. Nope. It's a that they passed. No, they failed. Oh, they failed. Okay, so they're gonna take two d six fire damage. Not great. That's five fire damage. Okay. And then I'm going to move the sphere to the open space between, like, right near uh blue four, blue three, and green three. Anything that ends its turn within five feet of that sphere is going to take 2d6 fire damage. Interesting. Okay. That was your turn. So absent anything else to do, that wild woman, Brian, who's blocking the doorway, is going to try to hit you with their staff. She's welcome to try. Yeah, that just glances right off of your armor. Okay. You guys know it's coming next. A new enemy appears. Oh, God. All right. Um, you take her for a human, but she is so caked in mud and dirt that it is hard to be sure. Her hair is full of twigs and her face is hidden behind a veil of moss. Behind her stand two creatures made entirely of dead vines. Ooh. Oh, good. In the stairwell, right where we were hoping to flee to. Completely surrounded. She is crazy. Blowing up the whole place is starting to sound not so bad. Yeah, but then we still haven't solved the wine problem. Yeah, also, we are now in the place, so we would die, too. <laughs> so, for, for for those keeping score at home, uh, we, we've killed quite a few things here, done quite a bit of damage. There are still 22 enemies. We are crammed into a tiny hallway with just a mob of twigs and needles trying to storm in. Hopefully, Camille's fire can hold it there. 
But then we've got this antlered woman blocking the door the other way where maybe more twigs are. And now we've got another enemy, some, you know, mountain mud person with a new kind of plant monster. Things are going great, is what I'm saying. All right, all right. I'm attacking the person on the stairwell. Okay. Uh, black three. Here we go. 19 to hit. That hits. Do it. 19 damage. Wow. Are they still up? It's good. It's good. Second second hit was 18. All right. Second hit. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the damage is going to be 15. 15? Yep. Okay, two rapid fire shots. You drop her. Yes! Okay, please tell me those things that were with her also drop. Nope. Awesome. They do not. That would have been... What are the rest of you doing wrong, though? Jeez. I, look, I'm the tank. It's not my job to deal damage. Well, she did. Um, so, uh, wait a minute. Just so I'm clear, you know, you're saying that that everything that's uh, near the flaming sphere that starts their turn at the beginning of the or near the flaming sphere takes damage at the start of their turn. When they end their turn, they do oh, a dexterity okay. saving throw, and if they roll a 16 or or I guess. If they if you get a sixteen, I don't know. It's a deck save sixteen, um, and if they fail, they take full two d six fire damage, and they take half as much if they pass. I got you, uh, Basil. Your turn. All right. Well, let's see if I can follow Bokoro's example and finish off this other shaman. Uh, that's a twenty-two to hit. That hits. Eight thunder damage. Oof. Yeah, that fries her. Okay, good, because my second one was a critical failure. Yeah. Um, okay, so if she... All right, so rear back, cave her mud-covered face in. What do I see in the room beyond? So in the room beyond is what numbers? The rich smell of fermenting wine fills this large two-story chamber, which is dominated by four enormous wooden casks, each one eight feet wide and 12 feet tall. A wooden staircase in the center of the room climbs to a 10-foot-high wooden balcony that clings to the south wall, which has four windows set into it at balcony level. Stacked against the wall underneath the balcony are old, empty barrels with Wizard of Wines burned into their sides. The balcony climbs for another five feet as it continues along the west and east walls, ending at doors leading to the winery's upper level. Underneath these side balconies are several doors, some of which hang open. Beneath the sloping roof stretch thick rafters upon which scores of ravens have quietly gathered. They watch you with great interest. In addition... <laughs> no, not more. Oh, so many more. We need to get the fuck up those stairs. <laughs> oh, oh. Becoming enticing to just blow the place up. No one ever listens. I mean, me. you had a chance when they were all outside. Um... He was gonna hold cork. Okay. <laughs> so I guess I either go back down here or go into the, like this banquety area. Well, you're you're standing next to two of the vine things, aren't you? Oh yeah, I guess I am. Those are the red one. Okay, yeah, perfect. So I'll tag that. That is fourteen to hit. Fourteen hits. Beautiful. For 12 damage. 12 damage, okay. Is it dead? Nope. I'll attack again then. 
Okay. That's uh, 18 to hit for uh, for nine damage. Nine damage. Okay, it's still up. Wow, bummer. Um, is that it? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so flaming sphere is not not helping as it's forcing some of them to retreat. Oh, that's that's gonna be fun. One of the thorn monsters pops up right over the dead body of the mud woman and is going to try to claw Basil. Uh, 16 doesn't hit, though, does it? No, it does not. Okay. That vine monster, though, is going to take a swing back at Cork. Oh, man. That is not able to hit. Love it. Remember before when I said we didn't want to get into a war of attrition? Like, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think anyone's particularly hurt right now. No. Nope. No, it is. No, we're not. But we—it it is. You're just so annoying. Yeah, just this fucking stick monsters crawling yeah. everywhere. In hindsight, I should have fireballed, but I really was trying to save that. That's like I, honestly, I don't know how much that does because, like, yeah, that wipes out a chunk of them outside, but there's still just so many of them. God, how many are there? Maybe, maybe the one hope is that by killing the mages, they can't make more. Hmm. I mean, we have eventually we have to kill everything here. Sure. But our plan could also be to get up the stairs out onto the roof and try to flee and then set the fucking thing on fire. I mean, we, we the people that want us to save this place are doing it because they want the wine that's here. I don't think they're going to be happy if we burn it down. Well, right, but we can't bring back wine if we're dead. I don't think. The question right now doesn't feel like if we're dead. Like I said, no one's really taking any damage. All right. Like we're we're not we're not we're not losing. There's just a lot of them. You know, every time you make a statement, though, we are proven wrong moments later. <laughs> Look, the situ- the situation could quickly change, but as of now, we're fine. We're just annoyed. All right, all right. Let's let's do it. Hi, friends and sadists. Brian stepping in as producer, not as Basil here for a second. Those idiots were... half right. The rest of this fight is an absolute slog, but it's not nearly as simple as they think it's going to be. So, peeling back the blood on the dice curtain here for a moment, our episodes are usually around three-hour recordings to get cut down to about two hours. This one clocked in at nearly five. So, to spare you all from having to listen to another two hours of bushwhacking through twig, needle, and vine blights, we're going to skip around a bit. The danger is still very real for our overconfident outlanders, but to quote Alex after we wrap this episode, to include every round of that combat would be borderline cruel. And we like to keep our cruelty directed at the players. So, one time only, here's the horrifying highlights. Don't get used to it. Okay, back to the show. So, what I'm going to do, because I kind of want to kill this mage because I feel like it's causing problems, I want to place a fireball outside so that it can hit a couple of these guys, uh, including the mage. Okay, so show me the point where it's centered. Yeah, um, it's a 20-foot sphere. Would okay. that encompass with the X that I put out here, um, kind of this, like, number two, number three, number 11, number 12, other number two? That would get everyone except green eight, blue uh-huh. one, and blue six. That would also definitely get one of the wine barrels, which would totally vaporize that barrel. But I'm going to say, you know, for that, throw in another, throw in another die. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. 
everybody in the vicinity needs to make a deck save of uh, DC 16. Okay, so we have a pass. We have another pass. Oh my god! Um, I have a sneaking suspicion that no matter how well these guys roll, a fireball is going to be too much for them. It's only D6s, so if I roll really bad... Yeah, but like they're they're all made out of wood. It's true. Maybe I'm assuming a, you know, a weakness that isn't there, but I, I have to hope that this takes out a lot of and them. And just to clarify also, I'm trying not to set the building on fire, and that I I hope is is avoiding that situation. Yes, we we, we salute you for your nobility in that okay. Getting a pretty a pretty interesting mix of successes and fails here. Give me full and half damage and I'll tell you what happens. Okay, so I rolled 96 because of the extra wine barrel one. It was 86 prior. And I rolled for the ones who take full damage, 42 damage each. Holy shit. So 21, wow. 21 damage on a pass. Okay, yeah, every they even if they pass, they they all die. <laughs> wow. Very good. Oh hell yeah, Pebble. Thank you. I'm sorry, I'm really Are, I had to do it. Yeah, to do it to him. I absolutely had to do it to him. She's gonna make me pay for that one. I imagine that, like all of us see this explosion of fire. We're just like, yeah, and Pebble is just like silent tears running down her face, like knowing what she just did. She punishes me every time I do this. So I'm, you know, that might have been all the good karma I had. So Dang. And the spell refueling ring is in action. Uh, yes, as okay. an action. Thanks. No problem. And uh, as my bonus action, can I move the flaming sphere? Not flaming sphere. What's it called? Yeah, flaming sphere. Sorry. To the the. Oh, I guess I don't want it to be right by me because I don't want to damage myself. So never mind. I'm gonna keep it where it is. Okay. Dang. So, wow. All of a sudden, this map doesn't look so scary. Um, sure. Okay. Unless we're fleeing, though. No, this isn't a flea. Okay. Hey. Uh, wh- why is the map full of monsters? Immediately they again. Coming out of the mist. You keep seeing them on the horizon. Getting up. Wait. There's a finite number. I'm keeping careful track. We need to be taking care. We need to be taking out the, the the fucking bosses. Oh, you did. No, all the humans are dead. Yeah. But wait. So there's no more like hidden around this fucking place. I mean, not that you see anyway. I guess. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I guess not about. that we can address at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I I'm imagining there's some muddier monster with bigger antlers upstairs, but who's to say? Okay, so we have we have no more vine blights. We have like nine more needle blights and ten more twig blights. <laughs> There's still so many. Uh, wait, uh, Vortoro would definitely be running up that ramp 
to see if we can get to some sort of high point. So running up the ramp takes you to the next level up, which is actually configured in pretty much the exact same way. There's just a little hallway that you can see further down opens up into a larger area. Not the, um, what is it? Not the loading dock, obviously, but you can see that the room above the loading dock has sort of a wide uh, hole in the floor and there's a large sort of winch and pulley system. Actually, I have proper flavor text for this. The room has a wooden floor with a 10 foot square hole cut into the middle of it. Looming over the hole is a wooden winch. You can see that crouching on the other side of the hole and winch is a man with wild hair, rotted teeth, and skin painted red with blood. He waves a gnarled staff made from a black branch and brambles at you. And even just looking at this staff, it just hits you in your stomach, just this sort of queasiness. There's something just about the sight of that staff that makes you deeply uneasy. Quite honestly, if I'm seeing a creepy old man with a foreboding stick in the middle of a room, it'd be stupid not for me to engage him. And, oh, did I already use my fire breath? Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. I, I think you did. I think you breathed fire at a bunch of the twig monsters. You realized they were flammable. Right. I don't think I... Uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're literally walking, kindling. Right. I'm just trying to think of the best way to destroy a staff. And using an arrow to shoot a staff is not the best way to destroy it. There's also a guy holding the staff. That might... Right. Yeah, I know. All right. All right. Um, I thought about whipping out my morning star, but I'm just not as good with those weapons as I am with my bow. So I'm going to shoot the guy in the face. Okay. First attack is uh, just a 12. That does hit. Oh, oh good, 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 good. Basically good. naked. Oh, nice. This is a shit roll, too, though, because I only got a four on that first okay. hit. Um, second hit is on... Oh my god, it's only a fucking 14. I know that hits, but I I need better. I can only use one of my feats if I get better rolls. <laughs> and then that damage is only six. What the fuck? Oh, all right. Is that your turn? Uh, yeah. Okay. I love how Vorkaro was like, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna, it worked out last time, totally. I definitely didn't just run away and leave combat, so I'm gonna go upstairs again and just immediately gets distracted. <laughs> There's another one of those wizards up here. Killing them is probably going to be our goal anyway. So right now, I'm fighting alone. Okay. Um, all right. So wait, who who is around me right now? Like, what what monsters are within punching distance? So there's one needle blight directly to the north of you, and then there's another needle blight who is blocking your access into the the large main room. Okay. I, I'm going to go after the one that's blocking your access here. Okay. You've already hit him several times at this point. In fact. Is that? Let me actually hold on. Let me let me look the map here. I think I might. I think I might have a spell instead. Just okay. So if, if I so th- thunder wave is a fifteen foot cube. So that that should be able to hit like three of them, right? If I'm reading the map correctly. Um. Yeah, I'll allow it. Basil's gonna like charge up his gauntlet instead of throwing a punch. It's just this big sonic pulse. Let's uh let's see what we got. I'm gonna need a constitution saving throw from all those affected okay green nine auto saves 20 um green 10 auto fails one love that hate the first one blue 19 uh the twig blade the smaller twig blade that's a constitution save yes that's a dirty 20 so they all so so two of them (sighs) passed 
Yep. Okay. So that is. Oh, roll. I got a. All right. So eleven thunder damage. Eleven thunder damage. Um, half to five. Anyone who failed gets pushed back. There, there was a, there's a lot going on there. Did I pu- successfully push back the one who was in the door? Well, you kind of just splintered him. It's just like quite legitimately like seeing a dead tree get struck by lightning. He's oh, gone. Oh, beautiful. Okay. He is gone to 90. So this twig blight is pushed back. He's actually, I guess. Yeah, they go, they go 10 feet back if they survived and failed. And the two of them, I'm going to say because they crash into each other, are not prone. Here's where it gets a little dicey for you is because you also now have ruptured a huge crack in this fermentation vat. Ha. Ah, that, that's that, that checks out. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Fun times. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, you're gonna you're gonna blow us up, aren't you? I'm not allowed to set anything on fire and you're gonna blow us up. Well, luckily you notice it seems that that vat was empty. Ooh. That vat was empty. Um, so I, I want to, um, take a, I want to take my bonus action, uh, fire up some, some temporary HP, and then I want to step into the room, so I'm not the only one fighting here. So I'm gonna step in, I'm gonna move right on over, uh, to the guys, like, on the, the south wall here. So just jump right into the fray. Another... Another needle monster comes flying out of that one door and again shoots some needles at you, but I suppose you would get a little bit of cover behind that one vat, wouldn't you? Sure, I buy that. Should we call that half cover? I'll take half cover. So then does a dirty 20 hit you? Yes. <laughs> God damn it. I like how he asks like it might not. Like he he knows. Um, so that's going to be a straight 10 piercing damage from the needles flying at you. Okay, well, very glad I put up that temp HP, but it is all gone. Um, okay, ba- Basil's, he's feeling the sting there. There's, there's definitely some blood seeping out from his armor, but he's he's okay. Okay, so at this point, Basil, when you first threw open those doors, you saw that the rafters were clogged with swarms of ravens. Now that they've seen you and one of your companions move into the room and start attacking the blights, they see what's going on and they take their opportunity to start dive bombing nice. some of these little twig folk your cloud of black feathers is swarming down at your level literally picking apart ripping apart basil kind of looks around like just clear joy on his face seeing this and he's like hi see coral this is why we're nice to raven for coral where <laughs> god damn it not again Goro, that eternal free spirit all right <laughs> A chill runs up Basil's spine as he anticipates a fire being lit somewhere. (laughs) Okay. Eight dashes into the fray. Or Koro. All right. I'm going to attack. No, 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 no. This is happening to you. Oh. The mountain mountain man sort of recoils a moment and then springs up standing leaping onto the winch itself which with the force of of his weight sort of swings out a little bit towards you and he attempts to hit you with this wicked looking staff of brambles does an 18 hit you know it does i you guys are giving me way too much credit here (laughs) so oh so what's that gonna do morkoro is concerned 
And what do I feel like Borkoro just stumbled onto, like, the boss of this place? Uh, that is also what Borkoro is So that only hits you for six damage. Oh, okay, good. But when it does, you feel sort of this, this weird, almost psychic sting where it hits you. And as he pulls it back, you realize that now droplets of blood are sort of oozing from it. Okay. Oh. So I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the caveat. <laughs> well, that was it. All right. We're in now. Okay. Uh, well, since I used magic before and nothing bad happened, we're gonna escalate things. Um, I would like to cast shatter centered in between all these good little buddies 19 20 22 and 23 and so like a like a piercing sound rings out uh and they need to make another con save what exactly does shatter do i will read you the description a sudden, loud, ringing noise, painfully intense, erupts from a point of your choice within range. Each creature in the 10-foot radius sphere, send on the point, must make a constitution saving throw. Creature takes 3D thunder damage with a failed save or have as much as a successful one. A creature made of inorganic materials, such as stone, crystal, or metal, has disadvantage on the saving throw. A non-magical object that isn't being worn or carried also takes the damage if it's in the spell's area. Would this, perchance, also affect the... Um large wooden vats that are right there by you. It would definitely hit the middle left. So there's a chance that that vat is also going to break. Or... That it's totally fair. I don't, I, it, it's just noise, so I don't think it should explode, but I, I guess we'll find out. But you're, you're saying that inorganic material, or things, I mean, they're made of wood. Yeah, no, they, they, that's, yeah, inorganic material is not being worn or carried. Okay, then. Um, What's the saving throw, DC? I should know off the top of my head, but I don't. Um, let's see, spell save. That's uh, 15. 15. Um, okay. So only 19 is going to make it. Okay. Um, and let's roll some damage. Uh, that would be 14 thunder damage. 14 thunder damage. Okay. So despite making the save... 19 bites it. You can imagine what happens to the others. It was 19, 20, 22, and 23. That's correct. I'm ex hoping they all just explode in a splinter of twigs. They do, but again, part of that is that now this vat splits right down the middle, and this time a freshet of wine comes pouring out. Uh, okay. You want to make an omelet? You got to break a few eggs. <laughs> It's, it's times like this that I really wish I had taken the mending cantrip. Yeah, that might be something I, I reassess. It wouldn't put the wine back. So true. No. There's no uh, mend wine spell. <laughs> I think Basil at this point is, uh, he's no longer scared of these things. They're just, there's just so many, they become annoying. So he's, he's feeling pretty relaxed. He looks back at everyone and goes, if anyone asks, the twigs did that. <laughs> you inexplicably feel all the ravens simultaneously think, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> the psychic power of their frustration is overwhelming. 
ignorant to this event, Vorkoro can feel four swarms of ravens simultaneously say, you are shitting me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, that's <pretty> good. <laughs> Number five is going to attempt to shoot needles that pebble, but misses. Number six is going to do the same. Ooh, does a 22 hit pebble? Um, can I attempt? What is it? What is hitting me? Uh, one of the needle monsters is, is shooting thorns at you. Okay, so I don't think they can be blinded because they're sticks. So, um, yes, that does hit. Okay, so that is going to be an even 10 piercing damage. Okay. And number seven is going to do the same, and that's a critical hit. With the needles. So that's going to be 16 piercing damage. Brothers, I'm down. No! Yeah. Oh, As it happens, good. it is now your turn, so I'm going to need you to make a death save. Awesome. And I'm not telling anyone what I do, right? You don't have to, I suppose. They I don't know if we talked about that for this. Um... I mean, no one's there with you. No one's watching you. Yeah, I feel like nobody should know. Okay. Fuck. Okay. For the suspense. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Oh, Pebble. I was I was talking shit about these these monsters and then now Basil feels like a dick. Which is which is an experience he should probably feel more often than he does. For Koro. Okay. I, I dude happening to you. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just zealous. I'm just the zealous. The staff-wielding mountain man drops down through the hole on the winch. Ah, of course he does. To the, to the top of the wagon below. Go to the wall. Takes a certain amount of damage from the drop. Now it is your turn. Okay. Now I'm going to shoot, and I'm going to use sharpshooter. I'm just going to use sharpshooter from here on out. Sweet. That's a 21 to hit. Okay, you realize he's now below you. What are you are you shooting down through the, the opening? Can I not? Or is it like not you can. Is he not visible? Yeah. No, he's definitely visible. I guess it's just if you miss, you're definitely gonna uh, puncture one of those remaining barrels. And you guys have already detonated one of them. How many are there? There are five remaining on the wagon. A little bit singed, but seemingly intact. Oh, I was just gonna say that's a twenty one to hit, so I'm not oh. so... yeah, yeah, you're good. Um, and that will be 20 damage. Holy crap. You get him right through the chest. He's got an arrow poking out of both sides of him. He falls. He's dead? <gasps> He's down. Very yeah. Nice. Okay. Is there anyone else I could shoot in my vicinity? Not that you can see. Um, what if I were, uh, I guess I'll end my turn by running into, um, into the room that everyone is else is in right now, but I'll be on the second floor, and I, I don't know. I just want to see what's in there. So I'm, I imagine it's pretty much exactly what you expect. So yeah, there's sort of a, a uh, gallery level encircling the whole thing. The the air is thick with ravens, and you can see that the floor is now covered in like a standing inch of, of fermenting wine. Oh. Uh, it does not extend all the way over there. It's just this uh, sort of this U. Okay, cool. Uh, and that'll be the end of my turn because I, I took an action and then moved. Uh, I mean, do you have a second attack? We, you can split I, up I your do, turn. but I thought 
if uh, I thought you either had to move before or after action, you can actually split. No, oh, you can split. Up, you can split up your attacks with movement. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! Uh, I'm gonna shoot number eight. No, no, I'm sorry. Number four is closer to people who might get hurt. So I'm gonna shoot number four. Okay. Using sharks. So wait, Vorcoro is back on the first no, floor. No, second floor. I'm in a gallery. Oh. Cool. I miss because that's a five. Yep. All right, but you guys know I'm there now. So there's probably a moment where Basil's like, where the fuck did he go? And then an arrow's just like, and doesn't hit anybody but sticks into the wall. And it's like, oh, there it is. I'm, I'm dead on the ground, hoping so much that Vorkoro's going to come back down the stairs and see that I'm dying. So sorry. <sighs> I suppose the good news is that I don't think these guys are super intelligent being animated plant matter. And as you pointed out yourself, you don't believe that they can actually see. So it seems that for you to have dropped is enough for them to move on. Cool. At least for now. Can I can I see Pebble from where I am? Um, your passive perception is is what? Uh, that's a good question. Let's find out. Fourteen. You can. To the random DC that I made up just now by rolling your die. You looked out. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, so is she being blocked off? Like, is there something standing between me and her? No, she's she's literally right outside the door that you came through. So, yeah. It's very, <laughs> I'm dead it's in the door. very reasonable that you could see her. And it's just at least that one creature decided that she was not a threat and continued to move along to the things that were still moving around. Okay, so then I'm going to walk over to her and give her some cure wounds. Okay. In doing so, you are going to leave, you are going to provoke an attack of opportunity from number two. Uh, fun fact, no, I don't, because I have the mobile feet. I will get you for this. <laughs> One of these days, you'll remember that any way that Basil can be annoying, he is annoying. Um, so yeah, uh, Basil's gonna rush over, just a pulse of healing energy on Pebble. It's like, hey, Kevil there, we need you back in the fight. We, some more of that fire would be really helpful right now. Uh, ooh, okay, roll a one, so you get five health points. <gasps> oh my god. That's not zero. It's not zero. Yeah. <laughs> I'm alive. It's now number two's turn. And he's mad that you escaped him. <laughs> god damn it. Is he mad or are you mad? A little bit of both. <laughs> now we move back into the hallway where five, needles five, six, and seven are and have just seen Pebble come back to life, which means that five oh, immediately run up to try to knock down the thing that had just recently been lying prone. That's whack-a-mole, Pebble whack-a-mole. 18 to hit. That hits. So it hits you for seven piercing damage. Right back down. All right. Six is going to shoot needles at Basil. Oh, and that definitely hit a 22. So that is going to be 10 piercing damage to Basil. Okay. Uh, this isn't going super well. Pebble Pebble going right down is uh, not ideal. Number seven is also going to shoot needles at Basil for an additional seven piercing damage. Oh, what are these rolls? Um, so Pebble, we're back to the beginning. First, first death save. Okay, and uh, since I'm down but can still talk, 
I'll I'll just say, leave me. Don't waste your magic on me right now. They don't pay attention to me when I'm when I'm laying here. They they don't notice. That one did anyway. It conveniently leave me alone when I'm down on the ground. Okay, I rolled my death save. Yep. No, I got you. Borkoro, it is your turn this time. <laughs> okay. I don't I'm not gonna be presumptuous anymore. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh I am gonna shoot number four again. I am using sharpshooter again, because I'm gonna use it forever. Seventeen. But to hit which one? Uh I was going for four. Yeah, you hit four. And the damage is twenty. Okay, he breaks apart. Cool. I'm gonna go for three now using sharpshooter. And that's a 17 to hit. That hits. And the damage is 20. Dang. So, yeah, you just completely split two of them right down the middle with your arrows. <laughs> well done. This game really makes me feel like Legos. Sharpshooter and Magic Bow. Good combination. Basil, you're up. Okay. Basil, uh, headstrong that he is, is going to completely ignore Pebble's request. <laughs> um, in fact, he's going to double down. And he's gonna pump his his last second level spell slot into a healing word. Not a healing word, uh a cure okay. wounds. Thank you. It's like there's no way I'm leaving you down. Because if I go down, there's no one to get me up. <laughs> so this is a purely selfish healing. You're probably at this point also noticing that there's a weird, hitherto unexplained corpse lying on top of the barrels on the cart on the loading dock. <laughs> <laughs> Being a bizarre staff, that's probably dawned on you at this point. Classic for Koro. Uh, that is, uh, so that is twelve points of healing. Okay. A little, little more than last time. You realize the number five is like right there on top of you. I, I can't, I can't make an attack, so I'm gonna gonna use my last defensive field as well and fire up a few more temporary hp okay cork you are up perfect um everyone's up pebbles looking okay-ish not that i could really do anything i'm gonna run to number eight okay let's go 25 to hit for 12 damage 12 damage to number eight yep and then I'm going to swing again. Okay, well, just before you, you do anything else, eight's down then. Oh, eight's down? Oh, fantastic. I, Alex, don't don't think you can sneak sneak this bias. I see you having more of these fucking things come out of the woods. I know what I'm about. I know how many there are. And I know how many <laughs> I can run it a single time. I know uh, what I'm about. <laughs> well, I do say that. <laughs> I think we're all slowly going insane here. This is this is this is the Chinese water torture of of D and D combat. Work, were you gonna uh, that's a twenty one to hit. To hit what? Uh, number two, sorry. Number two was on the level above you, so you can charge oh. spears to hit it. You, uh, I think I don't know if that's within your movement actually. Five, ten, fifteen. Yeah, I, I mean I have uh, forty feet, but I moved here, so it was five. Yeah, I mean it just okay. gets me there. Um, okay. Um, so that one's a 21 to hit, uh, number two. Yep. Let's go. 13 slashing damage. And he is out. Woo. Hey, I'm just musing now. You guys have killed exactly 20 Needle Blights. Jesus. Needle Blights specifically or like? Specifically Needle Blights. Oh my God. 
do with that information what you will. How? Because I, 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 I have lost count. How many things total between the needle, twig, and vine lights? I will lights? totally let you know when we are done. If if we're ever done, because I, I, I do think we're in some kind of time loop here. It's the only explanation. <laughs> There's five. Five continues to be directly right there. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. This is, it's just, it's spawn killing Pebble is what it's trying to do here. It's getting very frustrated and in its anger, it lands a critical hit. No. Come on. I'm just, I'm, I'm rolling on the ground. You're making me feel like, like I'm an abusive partner here. Like, you see what you made me do? <laughs> Poor Pebble is just like pogo sticking up and down. I'm, I'm running out of healing. Nine piercing damage. Oh, I'm not down. She's still up. She's still up. Then six is right there. <laughs> uh, uh, son of a bitch. What do you want? Umberly, save me. Umberly. Oh, six misses. Yes, Umberly. Seven has a direct shot on you. And maybe it's put together that you're part of this um, why won't she die combination. So I think that's actually going to hit you for eight piercing. Okay. I'll, I, that's my job. I'm, I'm the tank. I'll take that. Pebble, it is your turn. All right. So five, six, and seven are right in front of me. Five, six, and seven are right in front of you. Okay. I'm going to slam them with, uh, well, should, I, should I heal myself? Ugh. I just want to kill. I'm mad, and I... But Umberly saved me. Oh, God. I'm in such a conundrum. Um, okay, I'm going to muster all of my teeny bit of strength that I have, and I'm going to cast a Scorching Ray that I'm going to try to make look like three individual raindrops falling on five, six, and seven... To be clear, like, is it actually, like, manifesting as water, or is it fire you're just shaping like water? No, it just, I'm just, I'm shaping, I'm shaping. It is fire. Okay. <laughs> it's fire damage, yeah. Fire dropping on their heads. Okay. Um, it's, it's technically a ray of fire that is getting hurled at them from above. Okay, so um, attack roll or saving throw? This is a, an attack roll, and that is going to be a 17 to hit. Okay, and does that apply to all all three of them, or do you have to roll all three? All, I think all three. I mean, it says it just says make. Oh, sorry, make an arranged spell attack for each ray. I apologize. So yeah, that's one. I'll do five, six, then seven. So five, I'm hitting. Uh, six, I'm. It's a twenty-five to hit. Yep. And then seven, that's a ten to hit. That's gonna miss. Okay, and then okay, so for five, that's gonna be nine damage fire damage okay and for six that'll be six fire damage they, they have survived but they are very badly burned Fuck. sorry excuse my language <laughs> <laughs> yeah we never swear on this podcast that's well, I, I couldn't remember if that was allowed or not <laughs> i think i just said fuck like oh, two okay. minutes ago <laughs> i've been letting the experts awesome. um actually and oh but i can't do that frick okay that's all all right cork you are up um i guess i'm gonna go back down the stairs like an idiot <laughs> uh, you realize well, one is still standing right there at the top of the stairs though Which, blocking oh you i didn't even see that that was a design <laughs> um i will attack him then okay 
get out of my way. Oh, that's a nine to hit. Um, get no, out of my way miss. now. Oh my god, another nine. Okay, I guess I'll just stand <laughs> here then. No, that's that's rough. That's disappointing. Uh, Looking out through the, the wide open doors of the loading dock, you see that the ravens are there again, attempting to dive bomb these these uh bastards. Man, I really hope I really hope I didn't blow this Raven Alliance by spilling all their wine. <laughs> that would suck, wouldn't it? That would really suck. They seem so helpful. The the wine that was in that thing, it, it had probably spoiled by now. It, it's been left here for so long. It's I didn't do anything wrong, is the point. Basil's fine. Oh, I know something you don't know. I hate that. <laughs> the way that you guys, the way the, your your guys' sunny optimism has proved to me that none of you were raised in an Irish household. <laughs> um, I don't know if I would call it sunny optimism I would. or like invincibility, blind and irrational mm. confidence. Basil, you are hit with the raking claws of Needle Monster Number Seven. <sighs> really starting to wish I hadn't gave up that point of AC. I don't know if that would have made a difference here, but in my head, every time I get hit, it's just barely. Uh, seven piercing damage. Still standing. Apple, you are up. Okay. Okay. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to first bonus action healing word myself at a second level. That is a nice 10 health back. Okay. And then... I am going to run up to attack the same guy Brian is, or sorry, Basil's attacking. Let's see what happens if I guiding bolt him. Actually, sorry, not guiding bolt. That's not what I meant to say. Sacred flame. So it's a dexterity saving throw of uh, DC 16. Whoops. Nope. You're good. Awesome. Okay. So that is going to be 10 radiant damage. You done. Woo. Ooh. A successful turn. And finally, I don't use a fire spell. And what happens? I do a good job. So I need to think about some stuff. Be- Basil looks over at uh, Pebble, clearly struggling with this. He's like, do- are, you- are you okay? Do we need to talk? I'm fine. I just needed to re-swear allegiance to my god, because clearly that's the only option I have. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're clearly you're clearly going through something here. We'll, let's blow these things up, and then we'll we'll, yeah, we'll let's talk. Yeah, table this discussion. I'm gonna once again try to attack number one. Let's see. Oh my god, a nine! What is happening? Works locked in combat with his arch enemy over here. I know. Okay, I'm gonna try again. Oh, thank God, that's a dirty twenty. Oh my god. Three nines in a row, and then eight damage. Okay, he's in bad shape. Love that for him. <laughs> your turn? Yes. Cork, I got super bad news. Number one just landed a critical hit on you. Oh my god, he should be dead. Oh no! 14 piercing damage. Okay, I have to seven. I'm still doing great. Basil, it is your turn. My turn, okay. I'm going to run over to number three, and I'm just going to punch him. Just gonna do the old okay. thunder gauntlet thing. Uh, that's a twenty-six to hit. That'll do it. Uh, for eleven thunder damage. He's down. Love it. Running over to number two. Okay. Uh, twenty-seven to hit. It hits. Uh, seven thunder damage. He's down. Ooh. 
Cork. Uh, Although comb- combat's not over, it's still going. It's my turn? Yes. Oh my god, number one's gonna die this turn. Now that you said that, you're gonna roll a nine. No, that's an 18, double nine. Okay, okay. That's uh, 11, uh, sorry, 13 damage. That'll do it. Okay. Woo! You guys look around and you realize that it looks like finally at last as the ravens start to disperse into the gloom of the fog that nothing else is coming at you out of the winery or out of the forest. You stand there on the singed loading dock. One barrel exploded, four others still there on the wagon, along with the corpse of a mountain person with a very upsetting staff. You have cleared it. Holy shit. Woo. Is everyone okay? Everyone still got, you know, most of themselves? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. How about you guys? I'm uh, I'm bleeding. I'm definitely bleeding. You should be okay. We will uh, put the bandage on. So I think Basil kind of catches his breath, pokes at his wounds a little bit, and goes, Has anyone seen Cork? Is he? He's okay, right? Cork? Follow your nose. Cork? I'm up here. <laughs> oh, thank God. I, you know, I, I think I would have missed that smell. <laughs> I don't think I would have. <laughs> Not going to lie. Weirdly, it's, it's, it's kind of grown to become comforting. I, I, I've gone a little bit nose blind to it. And, and when I don't smell it, it, it feels like something has gone wrong. I come downstairs smelling simply more putrid than ever before somehow. And give you a big hug. Okay, well, that's that's. It's we don't good need, to see you guys. We don't need to do all that. That's that's fine. Um, well, so good news. No more monsters. Bad news. We did trash the winery a little bit. Only a little. Just a little, Just a little bit. It's that's it's fine. I, I actually believe you did enough damage. Ah, you know that's neither here nor there. This. I, I mean, I, this was a team effort. I was upstairs. I was, look, I was upstairs, I saw nothing, but there was this, this big sound, uh, and... Really, could have been anything. Um, and, uh, uh, shifting topics. Pebble, you're using fire now. Like, you, you're, like, you, you really went for it with the fire. That was, that was, that was, that was great. We... It is the best form of magic, obviously. Yeah, you know, I, look, uh, I hate to agree with Vorkoro, which I, I never do, but... No, the, the, the fire was good. For once. For once. For once I agree with Vorkoro. The the fire was, was good. It's it, it really just wiped out. So, I mean they kept coming after that. So I think it was, it was a momentary victory, but it was a victory. It was not a victory in Umberly's eyes. I had that one shining fiery moment, but then I couldn't you know, I'd hit and then the fire would be like a little like a little match it wouldn't do anything i went from being so powerful to so ineffectual and then i was downed multiple times by literal twigs umberly was trying to tell me something i should not have been using fire like that i can't believe i did it at all i thought it would be helpful no 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 no, no. do not be ashamed for being better than you are like, do not be ashamed of the fire that burns within you. Do not douse it with these doubts. This is what water does. It fills you with doubts and water. <laughs> water is a powerful 
force. But is and, it as powerful as fire? No, absolutely not, obviously. Have you ever been drowned by fire, Borcoro? Have you ever been burned by water? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's actually so true. Wow, water is really versatile. Yeah. Oh my God. Umberly is even more powerful than I thought. The boiling. I don't, I don't know where I went wrong with you. you know, really Pebble, when I, was, when I was younger, I... I, I tried to be a soldier like my dad. I listen. I I could barely swing a sword. I I tried so long to be something that I'm not because someone else wanted me to be, and I found myself in academics. And through that, I I created a new path. I built this armor. I I learned magic in a way that no one thought I ever would. I'm not saying it's easy to to let go of of the pressures of that others put on you, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold yourself back. Not everything that goes wrong is a punishment. Sometimes, sometimes life is just hard. I'll think about it. If Umberly hadn't saved me, I'd be not even here right now. Actually, that probably would have been good because this kind of sucks. Pebble, we've all saved each other so many times. If you hadn't blown back away with that fireball, we we might not have made it. Absolutely. If I wasn't an absolute killing machine, dropping creatures with my arrows left and right, if Basil wasn't almost destroying the facade of this building, who knows where we'd be. That's true. Doesn't seem like there's any God in this land anyway. Look, you, your, your relationship with your God is your own, and you know your powers far better than any of us, but I don't think we can afford to hold ourselves back here. I mean, these, Basil just kicks one of the twig carcasses. These little fuckers almost took us down. And this is what they, this is like cannon fodder where I'm from. This is what they tell us, just go out in the forest and kill these things. That's like, that's your entrance exam. It's everything in this land is so much worse. Speaking of, uh, for Koro, the hell is that guy on, on the cart over there? I do not know, but he poked me with his stick, and I think you might want to take a look at that stick. It, like, it was pokier than usual, and I think maybe he was using it for magic. I mean, pe- people with sticks are always using them for magic. You can't fucking trust hmm. sticks, you know that? Well, let's check out this stick. So this, yeah, it's pretty easy. As you, as you climb over the body of the mountain person just completely drenched in blood um you realize that they're in addition to the stick they have sort of slung about their body a uh, sort of a strap and affixed to it is is sort of a, a pouch made out of a desiccated fur uh the staff itself is made of several lengths of spongy burnt seeming black wood all bound together and yeah basil even just looking at it you feel this sort of you get this sort of strange sense of unease in the pit of your stomach. Uh, can I can I try to like investigate it? Make uh, like an arcana check or some kind. Um, that is a fourteen. Yeah, it's definitely got some some magic about it. It's definitely sort of a, a dark kind of magic that is uh, not really taught extensively at the kind of institutions that Basil has attended. Um, could I? insight check it see if i recognize like have i seen this kind of magic stick before or like recognize the kind of magic that we're feeling from it 
You can try, yeah. That's a 27. 27. Oh, shoot. This is definitely an ancient and evil nature magic. This is some This is some old school, old world druid craft. Perhaps we should burn it? Or we could use it. For fires? <laughs> for magic. I, look, this thing uh, creeps me the fuck out, but I... I don't know if we're in the position to refuse resources. I think we should at least make an attempt to learn more about it. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna pick it up. Does like something like immediately evil happen to me? You just uh, the the more you like when you first encountered it, it was just like bam, this this <laughs> sort of weird, vaguely creepy malaise came over you, and the more time you spend around it, that feeling never really goes away, but it's sort of like your mind is sort of compartmentalized it a little bit. Um, not in the sense of you, like, you don't feel like you're being inherently corrupted by it. Okay. So if, this th- if, th- if this thing starts talking to me, we're gonna, we're lighting it on fire. Uh, but yeah, okay. Basil holding the scary stick. <laughs> okay. All right, should we go back to the Martikovs? Yeah, might as well. So the Martikovs and Irina are back where you left them in the woods. Again, we're talking about uh, Davian, the Martikov patriarch who is there with his um, three adult children, his daughter's husband and uh, some grandchildren as well. And they just sort of look at you expectantly. Uh, well, Vasil uh, <coughs> coughs up blood. We, I think you're, you're in the clear. We didn't do a full sweep, but they, at some point they stopped coming at us. So you don't even know. Uh, we're, we're reasonably confident. We, We'd be happy to serve as bodyguards going through it with you, but uh, we, uh, some of us needed a bit of a rest. But we're, reason- we're reasonably confident that they're all gone. We're pretty sure the one who was leading them uh, was, was carrying this and is dead. Um, Davian turns to his, to, to his family and, and he sends some of them in to scout ahead to make sure you have cleaned it out. He says, I'm, I'm sure that whatever you've done, you've made it at least safe enough uh, to, to do a final sweep on our own. Uh, obviously, we owe you a debt of thanks. We can arrange the terms such as they are for what, what you are owed for the service you have performed us. Please, uh, please, you will, you will stay with us this night. Don't have to tell us twice. Uh, a place to sleep that isn't out in the woods is always welcome. Um, have to disagree there, but I guess... Uh... I guess we could stay to protect. Yes, it will be very nice. So um, his, uh, his um, son and his daughter and his son-in-law come back and they confirm that, yeah, the, the winery is clear. They're not wild about the damage that was done. And they, they seem to definitely not want to tell Daddy. And he is clearly a very temperamental head of this, of this clan. But they lead you back to the winery itself where you find that the, the upper level is mostly... Um, you know, separate living apartments for the family. They bring you into a, a cozy but but friendly enough sort of large kitchen and living area where his daughter Stefania is, is happy to serve all of you guys a what, what she calls a rabbit stew, but is heavily padded out with potato and turnip. Still better than most of all, I imagine like hardtack that you guys have been eating. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think we're in a position to look this gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. The conversation does quickly sort of turn back to the current situation um, where Davian tells you, uh, you've reclaimed the winery. Um, that is no small thing. 
as it is one of the few institutions in this land that has stood since the better times. You have earned the friendship of our family and the loyalty of our fellowship. Uh, hopefully, some of what we've harvested can be salvaged, but our troubles are far from over, and trouble for us is trouble for all of Barovia. What do you mean? Count von Zarovich bequeathed the winery and the vineyard to the noble Kreskov family. Later, an arranged marriage between my Kreskov grandmother and Martikov grandfather brought it to us as part of a dowry, and it has been tended by my family ever since. But the Wizard of Wines was, as one might assume, first built by a wizard. His name is lost to history. But this mage fashioned three magic gems, enormous glowing jewels, and planted them in the rich valley soil. These seed gems, as we are wont to call them, gave rise to healthy grapevines. Even after Strahd's curse settled over the land, the gems kept the vines from succumbing to the darkness. Ten years ago, one of the seed gems was dug up and stolen. Of course, it was my son Erwin who was on watch that night. As a result, we were no longer able to produce our best vintage. Had Erwin not shirked his duty to spend time with that Valachian woman, we may not yet be in such dire straits. At this point, one of his, one of his sons intervenes to remind him of the point he's trying to make. Three weeks ago, another gem was dug up and stolen. Now it seems these mountain folk have taken the last. They are presumably, hopefully, somewhere within the mists, but that alone is little help or comfort. Until we recover at least one, we are unable to produce any more wine for blood or money, and we have little enough stowed away as it is. Basil sweats as he says that part. I, I, I've heard of these gems. In, in fact, that is what brought me to Barovia in the first place, was, was tales of them. Tales. You, you say that the, the, the mountain folk stole them. Do you know where the mountain folk, or they stole the most recent one? Do you know where they hail from? Beyond the mountain? The five Mardikovs, um, all seated about the table, kind of look at each other anxiously. And Adrian, his eldest son, says, uh, we, we know of some places where they, where they gather it has not struck us as, as wise to try to take on these places on our own. And now it was only, we, we still had one. We were still able to produce one vintage until this last raid. Uh, and now the third and final gem, seed gem is missing. And unfortunately, we still have five barrels, but everything that we had fermenting from what we can gather, it seems that the mountain folk have poisoned. But as it currently stands, those five barrels, we, of course, can deliver. It doesn't even begin to cover what is expected of us. But beyond that, it seems we have no ability to produce anymore until at least one gem is recovered. Well, if you could do us the, the favor of marking those suspected locations on this map. Bezel pulls out the one he's been working on. Uh, we, we already had one reason to climb a mountain. If these goals align, it may be where we have to head next. It is it is possible, or we might and he kind of looks at your, your makeshift map. He says we don't actually have many maps of the land. It would oh uh, I can I can see what we can do to point you in the right direction. That would be more than enough. But uh it it would it would be nothing more than a theory. We honestly this is sort of where our problems begin and end is any lead you could provide would be enough. We're not 
making any promises, as you say, who's who knows what is really out there, but our travels have taken us all over this land, and they may cross paths with these at least suspected locations. Um, Basil, give me an insight check. Uh, okay. Um, that's not a great roll. It's a six on the die, which <laughs> becomes a seven. But anybody else in the world <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, i'm i'm watching intense intently someone who much wiser than basil would be appreciated all right i'm incredibly wise and i got a 27 okay pebble you were also astounded at basil's inability to read even the most obvious social cues <laughs> davi and sons adrian and elver are clearly very very anxious to talk to you about their theories but um, it's also clearly a very well-established family rule that nobody talks over Davian. Mm. And he does not want to be talking about this right now. Okay. So I'm going to nudge Basil and be like, it looks like we should talk to the brothers later after dinner. Oh, oh yes. I, uh, <clears throat> sorry about that. My apologies. Basil just kind of hastily puts the map away. Perhaps we should all retire for the evening. It's, it's been a long day. As, as you're gathering up your things, so Davian, again, his mind turns to business and he starts a conversation with his sons about then where should the surviving five barrels of wine be delivered? It sounds like there's a couple of uh, possibilities. There's a few people in Barovia whom they expect are eagerly awaiting an overdue shipment. We also need one, right? Have we worked that out yet? Well, we, we just need it to be sent to... We, we need at least one barrel sent to his son in Balaki and to the... Uh, the Burgomaster in Kresk. Yeah. Would you like to share any of this with them? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, like, you know, like, the people who sent us here, or I guess in character, um, far be it from us to tell you how to do your business, but the, the people who were concerned about you and sent us here to, to liberate the winery were in Balaki and Kresk and if we might suggest that they receive at least some form of shipment to know that you are all all right. Zavian says, well, in addition to others, I know that both the inn in Velaki is expecting no fewer than six casks of purple mash, as are the Kreskovs. But seeing as uh, Erwin could not even condescend to come out here and check on the well-being of his family, I suppose he can wait indefinitely. Off to the Kreskovs it is then, if it means something to you. Hopefully they will settle for merely the five remaining barrels. Uh, I would consider that a kindness. I mean, that's still a lot of barrels. Would you possibly, we understand that we have imposed upon your good nature enough. I do not ask for favors, but I will tell you, myself, my family, and my order would continue to be very grateful and eager to repay the debts if you would escort the delivery. Things being what they are, I fear that traversing the Svalich woods is even more dangerous than usual. And whatever else you may be, you are clearly apt warriors. Uh, yes, I, 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 I can't imagine anyone here would have a problem with that. No, we can do that. All right. That agreement having been, been struck, it looks like Davian is going is to himself uh, take his leave. He's going to retire for the evening. Okay. Now... <laughs> that he's gone. Tell us 
where you think the gems are. So uh, you're now sitting around the, the table with his sons, Adrian and Elver, his daughter, Stefania, Stefania's husband, Dag, and Adrian, the eldest, begins to speak. To the extent that it is required, I, I do apologize for my father. His, it, would be, it would be easy to say that his life has not been an easy or necessarily a happy one, but that does not really make him a, a markedly different than anyone else here in this land. His temperament speaks for itself, I suppose. But what I can tell you, it would not surprise me at all to think that, yes, the, the mountain folk have taken one of the gems and secreted it back to a place nearby where they're known to conduct their own dark rituals. We, we are used to attacks from wild men of Mount Gakis. Granted, they have been more frequent in recent times, but they're not the only ones. One night a few weeks ago, Elver sounded the alarm. I grabbed my crossbow and ran into the yard, expecting to see more mountain folk. Thunderstruck, I saw the jerky movements of stick-limbed strawmen, scarecrows with knife-blade fingers walking on their own power. We started tearing them apart with farming tools, but then realized they burned like dry leaves as we heaped the remains up on the bonfires. We saw that they were stuffed with raven feathers. And it's clear from his tone that this last detail he has taken as a very personal affront. He continues, after it happens, I don't think any of us wanted to talk about it again. Uh, perhaps the wild men were ordeal enough, but I think we all just wanted to consider it a bad dream. If, if those scarecrows were not a dream, it puts me to mind that there is some truth to the legends surrounding the old swamp. Basil definitely perks up at hearing tale of a swamp. Yeah, we all just lean forward when he, we hear swamp. Swamp? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lean backward. Decidedly maybe even takes a step backwards. Swamp, uh, of course, being a synonym for marsh. Basil looks around. <laughs> like, that's, like that's supposed to like be like a big, like a big boom, big reveal for everybody. <laughs> we know Basil. Just, okay, you're right, right, just, sorry, continue. There was a village at the bottom of Mount Gakis, but it was destroyed well over 200 years ago when a storm raised the Luna River. And the whole place is just a fetid swamp now. But some people tell stories that there is still something terrible living there, something going back to that time. Well, that's concerning, but if you saw these creatures that uh, have or stuffed with the feathers of these animals so connected to your family, then it seems worth investigating. I, I, do, I do not agree with that assumption. Well, it is not something that we ourselves are willing to do. Again, there were, there were three seed gems. One has been missing for nigh on a decade now. I, as there are some who can traverse the mists, I'm sure it is well beyond our reaches now. If the other two are still within this realm, I'm sure that the mountain folk have at least one of them. And I don't know that I think that that is much more realistic to, to gain back than the other. If I, if I may, the, the stories about this swamp, do they speak of its master at all with any, any rumors or any kind of specificity? They all kind of look at each other. No, not really. Just that there is the, the, the village was destroyed but something is still there. I don't know. I suppose in, 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 in this part of the world, that can be enough. And this 
the swamp is is nearby. We 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 saw the swamp from the tower, right? Oh. Like that's that's one of the, the the locations that we got marked. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, anyway, the where we know that the Ramkaka spoke, where they conduct their their own strange religious rites, is a hilltop not too far from here. Actually, if you were to go back to the main path that leads north to the Spalwich Road, and you were to take that path southward, you would find it after a short journey. Uh, Basil will once again pull out the map and try to get like a, a general marking of their instructions. So looking at your map, it says, well, if we're at the winery here, if you were to take this path further south, eventually after a few miles, perhaps, you would come to the hill. And and so the mountain men are the, are they are they from Mount Baratak or Mount Gakkis? I suppose we think of them as coming from Mount Gakkis, but they're certainly not bound to it. We've been seeing them range further and further from the mountain slopes. But if you would have us lead you to that hill at some point in the future, we are obviously quite indebted to you. I think we can start with just the wine delivery for now. We have business to take care of that will have to precede any attempts to recover these gems. Uh, does anyone remember where our, our new Dusk Elf friend, whose name escapes me? Casimir? Casimir. Did, did, did he, do you remember which mountain he wanted to climb? Mount Gakkis. It was Gakkis? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The stars are aligning here. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's it. They, would, they, they feel compelled to share with you what they can about this place that you're looking for, where they think that the mountain folk may have secreted one of the gems. Um, they're prepared to deliver not a full shipment, but as much as they can muster of the wine to Kresk. They are hoping but not demanding that you help them deliver it. Presumably the next morning, they've uh, fed and sheltered you. So is there anything else you guys know you want to talk to the Mardikovs about now? Um, well, I mean, we've been thinking that we need to talk to the Mardikovs we already knew, but... Um... I think it might be worth sharing the fortune we have with these Martikovs. Mm, yeah. Um, so I, I assume we would keep talking to the the children as they seem the about the children. I mean, just like yeah, the, the adult the children, non patriot. Yeah. Um, they seem more agreeable than their patriarch. <laughs> um, so, uh, but before we get on the road, we met with uh, a, a Taraka card reader. A, a while back and she told us that there was knowledge of an ancient that would help us better understand our enemy we, and we take this enemy to be strahd we, we were told of an evil tree that grows atop a hill of graves where the ancient dead sleep and the ravens would be able to help us find it is there any chance that this hill is the one that you've been speaking of again they all kind of look at each other um the ravens will help you find it. Yes, and given your family's connection, we've interpreted that to mean the Martikovs. Our family's connection? Well, your, the winery was, was full of ravens that helped us fight. Uh, a, a ravens, including a, a rather mysterious, rather large raven, helped us fight some vampires off back in Velaki, and your brother's inn is constantly covered in ravens. Mm, that is so right. Erwin in Velaki, where a large raven helps you fight off vampires, you say. I do not approve of Davian's resentment for Erwin, but I do understand it. 
our family carries a great responsibility and our fellowship is a important secret. Even the slightest diminishment of trust can be devastating. Well, there, there is, I suppose, a, a glimmer of fortune there as this hill of graves that you discuss certainly describes quite perfectly the location I have in mind of where we know the mountain folk gather and where I perhaps hope, but hope I expect that they have hidden one of the gems that we need to recover. So there you go. <laughs> okay. We're all just standing there stunned. <laughs> We're just like, well, oh, shit. I am just trying to, I'm just trying to think of the best way not to do this. Well, th- this, 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 would, this is not the swamp. This is the other gem. Does it go past the swamp? Nope. I can say I think it's like the opposite direction of the swamp. All right. Okay. I am I am okay with uh, getting this one in Phoenix gone. <laughs> well, before that, we need to head back to Kresk to make sure Irina's found some safety as well as delivered this wine. But I, I believe this this hill is climbing to the top of our priority list. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes, we shall climb this hill and get a rock. That sounds. That actually sounds like the least scariest thing we've done yet. <laughs> like, let's go up a hill and get a rock. It is a hill of graves with an evil tree guarded by, you know, the rituals of uh, horrifying mountain men. But lest I remind you, we have wandered into no less than four, four seemingly haunted uh, houses. Uh, and one of them I wandered into alone. So this really doesn't sound that bad. He has a point. Remember when we willingly went to a place called the Bone Grinder? <laughs> that was a scary one, but we made it. I've kind of pushed that one out of my memory. Yeah, I wonder what uh, I wonder what those witches are up to. Uh, probably nothing. Probably killing children. No, they 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 started a book club. Yeah, they got it out there. <laughs> yeah, no, they're 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 good. They're you know, sewing sweaters for the local orphans, and yeah. you know we're stronger now. We could go back and just wipe them out with one fireball. Believe me, that's that is an idea that I'm tempted by, but I think we do have other priorities first. That's fair. All right, all right, and I think uh, I think that's where we should call it a day. Yeah, when we get back on the road. To Kresk. And we're leaving it with uh, Basil carrying the staff? Oh, yeah. Actually, during the long rest, actually, I wanted to try to spend some time and not like, I don't want to attune to whatever this thing is, but if I could spend some time learning more about it, you know, like, like, this might be evil, but like, is it cursed? Like, do do I have any concept of like what kind of magical properties it might have? If I like, it is it is a dark magic. It is clearly um, tied to some really old evils, Uh, but it is not cursed. And um, you actually, there would be some benefits to uh, attuning it. The short the short of it is is that yes, this is in fact what the uh, what the mountain man was using to control the blights. Okay. It has certain powers of its own. It also has certain powers regarding blights. Interesting. Um, do, so, and I, I, I don't get to know what those are unless I tune to it. Um, 
I don't know. So, so that's the thing. I always played like if you take a long rest to examine a magic item, you just sort of knew everything about that magic item. Is that what we're doing here? I, yeah, you're the DM. Okay. So, um, yes. So, uh, and and there's something there's something about the wood itself. It does have properties that you still can't quite put your finger on. Um, they're just a little bit outside of your understanding of sort of the larger nature magics that are employed by by druids and and people like that sure um so first of if you are the staff was used to control the place to the extent that um i just want to make sure i got this right that while you are attuned to it lights will totally leave you alone okay but that also destroying the staff would destroy a certain amount of lights nearby oh okay it's it's tied to their life force in a way where if one were destroyed, the other would be as well. It also has a vampiric property. It has 10 charges. It regains 1d6 plus four expended charges at dusk. You use one charge, one charge to regain a number of hit points equal to the damage dealt by the weapon as a staff. Okay. Damn. So that's as much as you understand. You feel like for all that being true, there's still something here that you just can't quite get to. Your sort of technical knowledge of magic doesn't translate well to these sort of old world nature magics but that's the bulk of it okay um so i think in the morning i explained this to the group and i say like if, if we run into those things again this feels like a useful thing to have yeah um beyond that it's it, it seems like a powerful artifact on its own i don't know if i'm the one best suited to use it though i i it feels like maximizing my armor's efficiency would be better off if I kept an open hand to use my thunder gauntlets. I do not know if uh, any of us are as well adept as magic. Well, Pebble is more of a, a mage than I am. All of my magic is tantamount to engineering. I guess, but she's hung up on this whole fire is bad thing. <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to feed into that by giving her something else that isn't fire. I think this is great. This is awesome. What 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 about you, Cork? I'm sure you've got some like magic stuff. I mean, how else can you explain that? Yeah. Uh, don't discredit my years of hard work to magic, please. This smell <laughs> took a long time. Uh, Pebble, if you you killed more of these things than I think anyone else, so I it, it feels like this is yours if you want it. Yeah, I think I think this will do nicely. Less fire is always good for me. Use it well. Thanks. Uh, all right. So yeah, I think that's that's the image we end on the the passing over of this potentially evil staff. Not not potentially, but definitely evil. But like <laughs> definitely evil, questionably dangerous staff. Sounds good. Uh, okay. I think that's what's that is what episode twelve now. No, episode eleven. It's eleven. Eleven. Yeah, yeah the uh, end of eleven. Yes, end of episode eleven. Lights are dead. We are not. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Blood on the Dice and leave us a five star review wherever you're listening. Can't stress enough how much that helps. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.